This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, MPs highlight increase in prison assaults, Chancellor prepares for pre-election budget and Watford atop of the championship. BBC Three Counties Radio. MPs have raised concerns about the effect of government cuts and reforms on the prison system. The Cross-Party Justice Committee found increases in assaults on staff and inmates, suicide, self-harm and indiscipline. More from Tony Fisher. Last year at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes, two inmates were attacked by fellow prisoners and inspectors also raised concerns about the number of suicides. The committee said resources could be better spent on preventing crime by dealing with drug and alcohol addiction. Prisons Minister and MP for South West Bedfordshire Andrew Salou said they'll continue to maintain safety, including a crackdown on new synthetic drugs, which is driving much of the prisoner violence. The Chancellor, George Osborne, is to set out his last budget before the election at lunchtime. He's pledged no giveaways or gimmicks when he unveils his tax and spending plans but he is expected to ease up on some austerity measures and reduce some taxes, particularly for lower earners and savers. Police in Bedfordshire are urging people to be careful what they reveal on the internet after a string of online blackmails. Three men from Luton and Bedford were targeted by a woman over Skype and convinced to perform sexual acts in front of the camera. More from Nicola Hazler. The men were encouraged to build a relationship with the woman over the internet before she persuaded them to remove their clothes and perform sexual acts. Unknown to the men, they were being recorded and the woman then threatened to post the recordings online if they didn't send her money. The practice, known as sextortion, is often carried out by criminal gangs who pose as young women on social media. Police are treating the death of a man in Nash in Buckinghamshire as unexplained and suspicious. Paramedics called in officers after the man in his 30s was found dead at Nash Park in Winslow Road yesterday morning. Two new tube stations are included in a £200 million project to extend the underground to Watford Junction Station. The government says it will fund the Croxley Rail project, which will see tube trains running from Watford to central London every 10 minutes during peak hours. The Watford MP, Richard Harrington, says it's hugely important. It's two new stations in really important parts of Watford, one at Vicarage Road and the other one um, near the Croxley Business Park, which is a large area where many multinational companies, we hope, will come and locate. In sport, Watford atop of the championship after victory at Wigan. Guadiora, who can manoeuvre towards the edge of the box, is crossed towards the far post. Deeney's coming in with the header! Troy Deeney puts Watford in front! Troy Deeney comes up, right footed, into the corner of the Nets! And Watford double their lead and they have the three points here! The Hornets heading to the top of the championship! In League One, MK Dons won 3-1 at Oldham. Wickham slipped to third in League Two after a two-all draw at home to Accrington. Luton lost their fifth successive away game, going down 1-0 at Newport. And Stevenage are just a point behind Luton and into the playoff places after a 0-0 draw at Exeter. The weather, mist and fog will lift this morning with some hazy sunshine later, a maximum temperature 12 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. I do hate it when people come in and fiddle with my knobs. You know, it's... Uh, I, I, I'm gonna it's just it. rude, isn't it's it? It's rude, it's confusing, it sends me all into a dizzy. Oh, let's just get on with it, shall we? 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Yesterday, Kells. That's the single version, not the album version. Yesterday, I interviewed Mickey Dolenz. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was good. I, I had a fantastic... I'm trying to find something. Hang on one second. I haven't got it yet. Oh, where are you? Oh, I can't find it. Oh, no, okay. So I interviewed Mickey Dolenz mm. from The Monkees. 25 minutes. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And then he's, he's so professional... I said, Mickey, give us a couple more questions. He said, well, um, uh, I've got another interview in a few minutes, so it's been great talking to you. You've just finished it like that, beautiful. And even that was wonderful. So I had an interview with him, right, and it was brilliant. Then straight after, I had a message from an American producer who produced... Oh, no, not that. Oh, where is it? Uh, American producer who produced a monkey song. He said, phone me. 
this is aw- this is the most awesome day of my life. I'm going to phone up Michael Lloyd and we're going to have a chat and it's going to be really cool. And I phoned him up and he gave me a right old rollicking about a misdemeanour. So it was, it was... So a day of peaks and troughs. Peaks and indeed troughs. But I got to spend the afternoon in the Milton Keynes studios. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, it's rocking there. You can smoke cigarettes and everything in there. Uh, someone used to. Me and, me and Scoinsy were um, puffing away on each other's cigars. Oh. It Did was... you find the um, cigar butts? Uh, <laughs> yeah, eventually, yes. They're in the lower drawer. Hey, here's a story. Prisoner on prisoner violence, such as the attack at Woodhill, which left one man fighting for his life last year, is becoming more frequent in the wake of government cuts. MPs on the House of Commons Justice Committee are suggesting there's been a general decline in safety and discipline, while assaults, suicides and self-harm are on the rise. Catherine, uh, you've looked into the report. What does it say? Well, it looks at the situation in prisons over the past two years, and that's between 2012-2014, and said it was improbable that the decrease in safety was unconnected to government reform. So that's the sort of political way of saying it's probably connected. Yes. Uh, and a fall in staffing levels caused by redundancies and increased turnover of prison officers. Now, this committee, which involved a cross-party um, group of MPs, so it's not that they're particularly going for, you know, points necessarily, said the government had failed to plan adequately for the risks likely to result from staffing shortages, which have in some cases result, resulted in some severely restricted educational and work opportunities for inmates. They also said that they responded sluggishly when problems became apparent. Now, Reduced staff numbers have led to low morale, according to uh, the committee, and problems in retaining officers and the pressures prisons are under risk undermining rehabilitation programmes. And they also warned that there was a very real danger of unmanageable growth in the prison population, which would limit the system's ability to prevent crime. Uh, and as we know, Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes has been under the spotlight, hasn't it? Yeah, you referred to that in the introduction. In December, a prisoner at the jail, which is known to house some of the most difficult prisoners there are, was left in a life-threatening condition after he was attacked by a fellow inmate. Police also investigated an additional attack on a prisoner by another inmate. In May last year, inspectors at Woodhill raised concerns about the number of suicides at the jail after four self-inflicted deaths in 2013. And a report following an unannounced inspection said the overall number of self-harm incidents at Woodhill was very, very high. Another prison in Buckinghamshire, Spring Hill in Grendon Underwood, has seen a prisoner abscond. That was oh, just this God. weekend. 34-year-old Patrick Hatter walked out sometime over the weekend. It's believed sometime between Saturday night and Sunday morning. That was, what, what, what do they call that? Not a posh prison. An open prison. An open prison, that's the one, isn't very it? Very yes. open. Uh, in July last year, two prisoners, one a convicted murderer, went on the run from the same prison. Uh, so what's the uh, conclusion of the Justice Committee report then? Well, according to the committee's chairman, Sir Alan Beath, uh, he says, we need to get away from arguments about which party is hard or soft on crime and have a political and media debate which focuses on the three things that people care about, evidence of what works, public safety and the effective use of taxpayers' money. He added the committees repeatedly emphasised the dangers of allowing the prison population to escalate and consume huge resources which could be better spent on preventing crime, for example, by dealing with drug and alcohol addiction. The public looked to the criminal just- justice system to demonstrate that crime is taken seriously, but that means tackling and preventing crime effectively not just merely locking up more and more offenders at massive cost to the taxpayers. Uh, and the government, what do they say? Well, the prisons minister and uh, the MP for South West Bedfordshire, Andrew Salou, said our modernisation programmes c- created an estate fit for purpose and saved the taxpayer millions of pounds. Staffing levels were agreed with both prisons and governors and the unions at the outset, uh, and they've done an excellent job during a period where the prison population's unpredictably risen. The government will always have enough space for those sent to us by the courts and will continue to maintain the safety of the estate, including with tough new measures uh, to crack down 
crackdown on mm. new synthetic drugs which are driving much of the increase in prisoner violence. I found it very hard to take any of that in at this time of the morning. There's a lot well, of words, Well, he's suggesting that there? legal highs, synthetic Aye. drugs. I mean, all drugs are synthetic in a way, aren't they? Uh, well, not, not the weed. Well, you say that, but I, they do mix all sorts with that. Don't they just? You know what we need now? Bit of this. Good choice, Kells. Good choice. Actually, it was my choice. Hey, Boily!
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Having a look at the motorways on the cameras and it's all moving fine at the moment. On the A1M though, there are roadworks in both directions between Junction 1 at the M25 and 2 for Wellham Green. So that could cause some delays later on. On the M25, no reports of any delays, but it's starting to look slow in Wood on the North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabouts. In Westcott on the A41, there's temporary traffic lights at the High Street, which could cause some delays. And having a look at the train departure boards, there are no delays showing up there at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counts. Thank you so much indeed, doodly. It's 6.16. It's Wednesday, the 18th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. MPs have raised concerns about the effect of government cuts and reforms on the prison system. Police in Bedfordshire are urging people to be careful what they reveal on the internet, i.e. not your winkies, after a string of online blackmails. And in sport, Watford did a football thing. BBC's Three Counties Radio. The Six Nations concludes this Saturday. It's a thrilling encounter. And it's all still to play for. It's a brilliant game. Attack and defence on both sides. Starting at 12.30 with Italy against Wales. Scott Williams with a try that brings Wales back into contention. Then from 2.30, can Ireland retain the title away to Scotland? And at five, the match that decides the championship. England play France. A step, another step, and he's in. It's brilliant. Jonathan Joseph yet again. The Six Nations, this Saturday from 12.30 on BBC One and across the BBC.
here we go. Next time you're looking for a little bit of cheeky fun online, beware. Three Bedfordshire men have been blackmailed by a woman who persuaded them persuaded them to take their kit off. Police are warning this kind of racket doesn't just target teenagers and are now trying to trace the scammers believed to be based abroad. Well, later on, we'll speak to Wayne May from Scam Survivors about how common this stuff is. But he's given us permission, kindly, to play this interview with someone who experienced it firsthand. We're calling him Will. I met my, met my scammer on Chat Roulette. It was actually uh, me and some friends went on, and uh, I met this girl. And then when I was on my own again, at a later pit point i saw the same girl so i started talking to her and then she wanted to move to skype like we said and uh i didn't think anything of it when i had the fun um and then of course yeah, yeah she stopped the video and it, the video of her turned into the video of me and um yeah uh, she basically said here's your video uh, i recorded you i want she said 250 uh dollars by western union initially and uh, I started to panic and I started to try and barter with her. I got her down to about 150. It hit me like a brick, you know, what had happened. And I was, I immediately became aware. Um, and, but anyway, after a lot of conversation, I just sort of thought, well, I'm not, I don't have the money for this person. Uh, so I just blocked them and just sort of tried to sleep, try to watch something, take my mind off it. And obviously the next day I was constantly on my computer checking this, checking that. I never, I never heard anything from my scammer afterwards, and I think that's like a lot of situations. I think they'll try and scare you, but after the scare, if there's nothing in it for them, you probably won't hear from them again. I learned to accept it as a something that was just a memory or something that was just a silly mistake. But for a long time, it, it ate away. It ate away at me, and I was always checking my computer, always wondering, even after months, you know, when realistically the whole thing is blown over. But I was still checking, and I was still worried and I was still looking around thinking oh has he seen it have, have they seen it but no one had seen it they can really get inside your head with just the click of a button here's here's a tip don't get your wanger out on uh webcam it, um... at least I mean at least buy her a drink first uh, well, I wouldn't even do that I don't get the the kind of webcamming thing anyway well I can I can sort of understand it but I wouldn't even do that uh with my wife you know, it's it's the equivalent of in the '90s when people started getting video cameras. Uh, the home, um, the home porno. And before that, the Polaroid. The Polaroid. It's it, it's gonna. It's always. Got, have we we learned nothing from Leslie Grantham? And I know his was sucking on a finger, but that was enough to get him murdered in EastEnders. For goodness' sakes, <laughs> don't get your winky out on a webcam. It's as simple as that, guys. Isn't it? No winkies on the webcam. And also, I mean, with the greatest of respect. Chat roulette? Were you looking for a wife on there, guy? What's going on? Chat roulette? I went on chat roulette um, recently, about a month ago, right? Five years after it was popular. Yeah. Um, and it's I was still just, an awful lot of. Um... I didn't see any of them. Oh. I did not see any of them, I... and I went there looking for them. I think it's a certain type of kind of night that. Um... Well, I went there looking for them, and I didn't. All I saw was bored women and fat lads lying on their beds like this. Just before I even had a chance to say anything, just just passing by me. They were looking for the same thing you were looking for. They were looking for wangers on the on the <laughs> web, and uh, they just saw me and they and I was trying to start a hi, click. They've gone. They've on to the next person. What have you got to do? We should change the name of that site. It's not chat roulette. They're after, is it? It's. It, it's not chat roulette. It's uh, wang poker. They're playing. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's what they're playing, isn't it, really? I mean, blimey. But I just... get Getting your bits out on the internet... Where's the romance part There's no else? romance in there at all. I mean, I wouldn't even um, send a, a friend a sexy photo of me. And that, that one I sent you, Catherine, that was purely accidental. It wasn't sexy either. Well, no, it was more medical, but... <laughs> I was you definitely need to see a doctor. I know, and that's the that's the the, the problem. Isn't I it, haven't really? got a medical certificate, so can you stop sending me those? <laughs> oh, dearie me, I don't know. Any sympathy for people? And what what what, but what that's are we? Part of the problem, isn't it? Because people don't have any sympathy, and we all have a bit of a chuckle about it. That's what gives these people power. Because you realise you've made a stupid mistake. Yeah. And, well, I, and you might be more likely to pay up than own up. What, what are we, the media, pretending people call it? Se- sex exploitation. No, was, was oh, it that? Sextortion. Sextortion is <laughs> his name. No. no. But no, only by by us. No, I think probably the police. Someone in the police um, station came up with that one and thought, that's a good one. There's not a sextortion officer, though, is there? I hope there is. I don't know. Well, you know, and uh, you, you're right. That is sextortionate, is what I'm going to say next time I'm overcharged for a bra. Yeah, not when your kids are there, I hope. <laughs> that would be outrageous. Well, fun times, classic bands. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. I don't know why I give it out this early. No one bothers to call in. They did yesterday. Well, only to tell us that we weren't working. And um, to tell us how they were. Uh, uh. If you're up, give us a call. Nah, I don't bother. Go on. I'm not feeling the vibe today. There's no, there's no vibe. You're not emitting the vibe. Well, I, I must have left the vibe at home. What do we need to do? Um, More coffee? Um, um, this? This will this will get the vibe going. This will get the vibe bubbling along nicely. Yeah, that's it. Work it, girlfriend. Hey, can I send you a picture of my...
yourself, what is that beautiful house? You may ask yourself, where does that highway go to? And you may ask yourself, am I right? Am I wrong? And you may say to yourself, my God, what have I done? Letting the trains go by, let the water hold me down. Letting the trains go by, water flowing underground. Into the blue again, into the silent water. on the M1. It's looking particularly foggy this morning around Junction 10 and 11 so the fog this morning could be causing some visibility problems. No delays showing up so far on the A1M but there are roadworks between Junction 1 for the M25 and 2 for Wellham Green. In Boreham on the A1 Barnet Bypass it's very slow southbound already between the Holiday Inn Turnoff and Stirling Corner and having a look at the speed sensors in Milton Keynes there are no major delays showing up so far this morning. On the A421 Standing Way there's roadworks at the Kingston Roundabout so expect delays there. And looking at the train departure boards, trains are also far running to time. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. MPs have raised concerns about the effect of government cuts and reforms on the prison system. Last year at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes, two inmates were attacked by fellow prisoners and inspectors also raised concerns about the number of suicides. The Chancellor, George Osborne, is to set out his last budget before the election at lunchtime and police in Bedfordshire are urging people to be careful what they reveal on the internet after a string of online blackmails. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford atop of the championship after a 2-0 win at Wigan. Captain Troy Deeney scored both goals to move Slavisa Jokanovic's side ahead of Middlesbrough on goal difference. We made a very good game on difficult pitch. My team, especially second part, try all the ways for win the games. It's important points uh, what we win today. It's, uh, this is finish of this day today and we must do rest and thinking what is in front of us. Milton Keynes-Dons return to winning ways in League One with a 3-1 victory at Oldham. Dean Bowditch, Daniel Powell and Ben Reeves scored the goals for Cole Robinson's side. I thought my players' reaction over the last two games has been brilliant. To come to two very difficult places on the road, Walsall away and Oldham away on a Tuesday night, it's, it's almost been our Achilles heel over recent years. We've worked really hard over the last seven days and for us to come here today and to be as confident and as potent in our play, I thought was, was, really, really, was really clever of us. 
Wickham slipped to third in League Two after a two-all draw at home to Accrington. Sam Wood and Alfie Mawson scored for the Wanderers. Here's manager Gareth Ainsworth. We've been top three, you know, for a long time now, and I'm so proud of the boys the way they are and the the efforts they've put in. Again, they, they're shattered. They've come off that pitch absolutely shattered, given everything. Just the uh, lack of that killer touch tonight was uh, was a cost. Luton remained sixth, but suffered their sixth defeat in seven games with a 1-0 loss at Newport. Ex-Hatter Aaron O'Connor scored the first half winner. His Luton boss, John Steele. Terrible run. Um, the last few games have, have not been good. Some of the performances have been OK, but it's about winning games. And we're not winning games, so we, we, we really have to keep working hard at what we're doing. Stevenage are just a point behind Luton and into the playoff places after a goalless draw at Exeter. Here's the Borough manager, Graham Westley. I thought it was a very professional performance. I thought uh, the boys worked very hard. Tactically, they took the game plan on to the letter. We didn't really allow them to get any sort of game going. I thought we had by far the better of the chances over the 90 minutes. And I think if there was a winner or a deserved winner on the night, it, was, it would have been us. And Arsenal are out of the Champions League despite a 2-0 win away to Monaco. They went out on the away goals rule after losing the first leg 3-1. Tonight, Manchester City are away to Barcelona with City already trailing 2 one from the first game. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven.
Um, uh, so it turns out we can say the word pikey. Well, I don't like it. No, I don't. And boy, oh boy, was if you were listening to BBC Radio 4 yesterday, weren't they revelling in the fact they could say the word? And it still makes I'm me uncomfortable. I'm not saying it. Well... <sighs> I'm going to say it because apparently we can. I'm not going to kind of lay it on as thick as Radio 4 was yesterday. I would love to get your opinion on this. Because I, I remember years and years ago, I did a programme called The 11 O'Clock Show, and um, we were quite offensive. And some of the stuff I'm really proud of, some of it you look back, you think, oh, well, it was a different time when I was a younger man. We got told that, um, uh, that we, did a, uh, we used the word jippo a bit, and then Channel 4 came in, said you can't use the G word and you can't use uh, pikey anymore because they are now classified as racist. And we went, oh, OK, right, fine. And that was kind of the shift where it went from being playground slang, 1999-2000, from being playground slang to actually being deemed as being offensive. Well, apparently you, c- you, can, say, you can say it again, the P word. I wasn't massively convinced by the argument there, were you? No, the, what? Okay. the argument being that they weren't talking. Well, hang on, about let's using... explain what it is first. It's it's uh, it's Top Gear, and um, Richard Hammond chose a car that wasn't very good. So uh, someone held up a sign that said Pikey's Peak, and the explanation of the gag was they weren't talking about his race. They were talking about the uh, shabbiness of the choice or something, wasn't it? The BBC's it? governing body ruled it was not meant to be racist and the word had evolved to mean chavvy or cheap and that people well, would get sh- the joke. It shouldn't have. And and actually, chavvy's quite offensive as well. The um, uh, it's a pun on the on a, a race course apparently Pike's Peak, but we all know we all know what Pikey means. We all know what it means. It means uh, it, it's it, in, used in this context. I'm not saying specifically used in this context. It means um, uh, it means cheap. It means poor. It means dirty. It means smelly. It means shabby. And I'm not saying that, that I'm not describing people who would call themselves uh, as as Pikes. That's what they are. But that's what it means in this context. Uh, and they got they got away with it. And I it's d- I don't get it. I don't I don't get it. I just don't get it. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. I know that we would have got into trouble for using it. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we don't own the BBC fifty million pounds. And that's that's what I think is at the root of this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not using it anyway. Okay. Just because they've waved a flag, I don't think that. So if everyone starts doing it now, that's okay. The BBC's going to defend everybody. They said in the context of the conversation, well, people get the joke. Okay. Well, what if I use the N word in the context of a joke? Or the, or the other P word. Oh, you're such a you're such an N. In the co- is it okay in the context of a joke? No, of course don't it's like not. Don't like it. I don't know, but maybe I'm maybe Catherine. We are typical lefty liberal BBC I PC know. brigade. I just choose my words you carefully. Saw, you saw the people that complained online <laughs> when we played Blue Mink, because, and it's got the the C word for Chinese people in, uh, and we stopped the song immediately and apologised. It was a story in the Daily Mail, and the people that complained online weren't complaining that we'd played the song at all. They were complaining that I'd stopped it and apologised. Oh, so it wasn't the BBC's response interesting on that one. What was the BBC's well, response? Well, they, they didn't defend us, did they? No, no, no. They gave you a stern talking to. Yeah. I got a slap wrist. You got told off. Biggers is on the line. Good morning, Biggers. Good morning, Ian. How are you? I'm all right. No, but how are you? That was yesterday. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was oh, yesterday. Was you missed it. <laughs> How you doing, Yesterday right? I was in a terrible state. Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. What you got for us, boss? Um, I've got a, an ideal piece of music for your show. Oh, a yeah. really happy piece of music for you to use for your show. Oh, yeah, go on, go on, go right. on. Right. Uh, I think it was called Manamana by the Muppets. Oh, no, we can't use that. Simon Mayo's got the trademark on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, has he? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. What about uh, Telstar Tornadoes? No. Uh, yeah, hang on a minute. I've got that somewhere. Here it is. Hang on. You ready? Yeah, go on. Thank you, Biggers. 
else we got in the uh, the papes? Apparently, you fancy your mother-in-law. <laughs> Who have you been talking to? <laughs> what have you said? You know, I've seen her completely naked. I know. Hey, yeah, I opened the door and there she was in all her glory. And it was glorious. More than half of married men find their mother-in-law attractive, according to a survey, and a quarter have a genuine crush on her. One in six reckon their mum-in-law was better looking than their partner. And a third of the 1,500 men quizzed reckoned that their in-law was secretly attracted to them. Eight in ten said they had a great relationship with their partner's mum. A spokesman for a fashion retailer who did the poll said, this goes against the old cliché of the mother-in-law being a battle axe. When I got married, uh, my, loads of my friends turned up and went, Whoa, I don't fancy your, uh, your mother-in-law to be. <laughs> If that's, if that's what you're going to have 30 years from now, get You're in there, son. Right. Yeah, blimey. And my friends at school used to have a crush on my mum. She used to be a dinner lady. <laughs> that's why I feed her. No, no, not an actual dinner lady. Oh. A dinner lady that does the patrols and wears oh, the mittens. Yeah. They really liked her because she was kind of young. First birthday parties, mm-hmm. you always go over the top. Because it's the first one. It's actually not about the baby, is it? No, it's, it's not about, about the baby. Showing off with your friends. Because the kids don't even know it's going on. No. And you always go over the top and then kind of you, you tend to scale back on the second and third. It's like having a party for a puppy. Have you seen this first birthday party? Yeah, ridiculous. Petting zoo, balloon castle and a zebra. Is this the most over-the-top first birthday ever in the Daily Mail? She promised her daughter's first birthday would be... Oh, oh it's Tamara Eccleston. Of course it is. Oh, with ponies, a zebra, a balloon house and even a magical princess arriving at the Formula One heiress's mansion yesterday, the garden looked more like a fairy tale than a party for baby Sophia. An estimated £70,000 was spent on the extravagant farmyard-themed celebration... Oh, flipping heck. Absolutely pointless. So, so, well, i saying that, £70,000 to her, she's what, a billionaire? Yeah, she no, but billionaire? Pointless. pointless. Do you know what babies love? Boxes and remote controls. They don't care about princesses oh, and is ponies. It, who, is, who is this, Peter Petter, the charity? Yeah. I mean, they're a bit... Well, yeah, a, a it's spokes- their job. Yeah, but they're a bit over, I think. A spokesman for Petter said, Tamara is obviously oblivious to the stress that animals endure when subjected to a barrage of strange noises and activity. Oh, get over yourself. These horses, these ponies are professionals. It's they're a professional to... pony and it's a professional zebra, dear listener. I hope oh, I try to mount it. Well, you can't because of the ankle situation. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. We'll have Daly in a minute. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's looking slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 18 for Chorleywood. And having a look elsewhere on the cameras on the motorways, it's looking really foggy this morning. On the North Orbital Road in Brickett Wood, it's looking slow around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And in Watford, on the speed sensors, St Albans Road has roadworks uh, at Horseshoe Lane. But look, yeah, the speed sensors aren't saying that's looking too busy at the moment. In Little Chalfont on the White Lion Road, there's roadworks just before Loudoun's Road, which could cause some delays later on this morning. And checking the train departure boards, there are no delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 6.45. It's Wednesday, the 18th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. MPs have raised concerns about the effect of government cuts and reforms on the prison system. 
Police in Bedfordshire are urging people to be careful what they reveal on the internet, and they don't mean passwords, after a string of online blackmails. And in sport, what they mean wangers. And in sport, Watford atop of the championship after last night's 2-0 win at Wigan. Here's the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a rather misty and murky start to the day and we have a Met Office yellow weather warning in place for dense fog, particularly affecting parts of Berkshire. Well, not that you cover Berkshire, but if you are heading down there, Berkshire, Buckinghamshire and also part of Bedfordshire as well. So uh, some thick, dense fog for some. Now, it is quite random where it's popping up. Um, you may not have any at the moment, but you may drive into it. So it is causing some quite tricky driving conditions. It's not going to last all day, though. It will at first lift into cloud, but then once... That cloud just starts to thin and break. We're going to see some fairly decent sunshine. And if you're looking for sunshine today, it's probably the best day of the week as the cloud really takes over for the rest of it. The maximum temperature today getting up to around 12 Celsius. Now, overnight, it's going to start off clear tonight, but then the cloud will move in from the east. Mist and fog again likely to develop, but a rather murky start to Thursday. Minimum temperature, a chilly 2 Celsius. The cloud sticking around for much of tomorrow. Maximum temperature struggles a little under it at 10 Celsius. And as we look Look towards the partial solar eclipse for Friday morning. At the moment, it is looking rather cloudy. And that's your forecast. Every weekday morning. Let me get on with your consumer problems. Should I expect it to last as a £350 TV or a £250 TV? Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Have you gone back to the retailer? I went and spoke to the company that you paid the money to. The JBS show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. So I emailed again and reminded them of the statutory rights which I've heard in your programme. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. They've backed down and they they have put in writing to me that I no longer owe the money. And we could do the same for you. That's fantastic news. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Your team is fantastic because you look after the people. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Delay! Oh, hang on. Let's try that again. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. <coughs> hang, on. hang on a second. Let's just uh, take this. Dealey! Hey, good morning, there boss. There we go, there he is. I had, to, I had to go down into the tunnels to find him. You all right, Dills? Uh, well, yeah, I'm OK. Can we have a spontaneous round of applause, please, for Andy Fraser from Free, who has died in his early 60s. Oh. Great guy who came into our studios only a year ago, sitting in a room one night after a terrible gig. Oh. He thought the band was going to come to an end, and he went, right, we've got to move forward. Are we all in? All right now. Oh. That was it. Oh. The song was written. He became a millionaire hey. overnight. Well, and, and now he's passed away. Well, that's mm-hmm. sad, Justin. It Thank is very sad. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. It's OK. Not a problem. Um, we should send Dealey out. What do you reckon? Mother-in-law feels yeah. like the vibe. I heard that one, and I thought, you know what? We've done various ladies' perspectives recently. I think we need to go out this morning oh. and get some honest views from the men. Secretly, do you fancy your mother-in-law? Yeah. yeah. Now, I've met your mother-in-law mm-hmm. she has got beautiful twinkling enigmatic eyes glad that you've noticed that so oh. would you <laughs> hang on a I second i tell you what justin before you answer that question yeah. i'm going to give you 58 seconds to think about it okay okay no problem you're telling me this is a lady's perspective yeah it's a lady's perspective yes here we here go here we go come on all the ladies in the house the ladies the ladies I think that you guys 
I look mighty fine, and let's just say I'd be proud to walk down the street with both you girls on my arms, you pretty little things. Oh yeah, you're the ladies. Hey, ladies. Okay. All together. The ladies, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies, ladies. So, Justin, would you? <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, she's a lovely lady, but no. I'm quite happy with uh, with the situation as it is. Thank you very much indeed, Supposing that situation went one-legged? Um, no, I think I'd still say no. OK. If that's OK with you? Is that right with you? OK. I, OK. Yeah, it's fine with me. A bit yeah. rude, I think. Who, um, who, where did that audio come from? That was good. Who that did was that? That was from Paul Lockers. Thanks, Lockers. There's more, there's more as well from Lockers a bit later on. Dealey, take it to the streets. Yeah, I'm going to go to London Colney, where £50,000 worth of gold and silver bullion has been found in a bush. Hey, what? Yeah. In a bush? In a bush. In a bush? In a bush. Yep, yep, in, in the bush. bush. Well, You're going to be talking about that later. Whose bush? Uh, somebody's bush. Wow. Mm. What kind of under a bush? It was under a bush. It was, was deep in a bush. It still, it's a bush. It's a bush. What uh, would you do well, in that situation? What, in a bush? Treasure what? bush. Mm. Go and see if there's any more treasure in the bush. <laughs> exactly what I'm going to do. Thanks, buddy. Cheers. Ta-ra. In a bush. Mm-hmm. In a bush. There's a thing here. I don't understand this story. If you uh, breastfeed for longer, you'll learn more as an adult. Right. Is I, there any correlation? I don't know. I'd like to have a competition. So I want to have a competition. If you're one of those women who's still feeding a child who's got teeth, I'll meet you in about 18 years' time and we'll compare kids. And I bet you mine is cleverer. Let me... If I could breastfeed now... Let me see if I earn more money. I don't think it works when you're an adult. If we did it on a webcam, we would. Babies who are breastfed for longer grow up to have higher IQs and uh, earn more, claim researchers. Mm. So this is from... The, the, this is more stuff to make women feel guilty. The health benefits of breastfeeding and its impact on intelligence have long been known and proven to last into early school years. Is there any correlation, though, guys? Come on. However, it's been unclear whether they're still evident in adult... Uh, uh, the, the lead author, Dr Bernardo Lesser Horta, said our study provides the first evidence that prolonged breastfeeding not only increases intelligence, but also has an impact... Oh, for goodness. Listen, if you didn't breastfeed your children, are they dum-dums? Call me now. 08459 I wasn't breastfed, and look at me, I'm well bright. I wasn't breastfed. We weren't breastfed in the 70s. You, you were encouraged not to breastfeed in the 70s. Uh, Neighbours is uh, 30 years old. Oh, my Neighbours is about 16. And uh, the Daily Mirror. Do you remember when Neighbours was popular? Yeah. I used to watch it twice a day, the same thing. Neighbours, uh, uh, the Daily Mirror has got a spread on... Um, name any Neighbours character. Paul Robinson. OK, that's Stefan Dennis, wasn't I'll it? I'll make you feel good. I'll make you feel good. <laughs> Stefan Dennis, 56. He was in it between 1985 and 1992. Uh, popped back in 1993 and then was in it from 2004 to the present day. During his first stint in Neighbours, Paul scored a number 16 UK pop hit. Man, it's my dream to get to number 16 in the charts. <laughs> With his song, Don't It Make You Feel Good. And before going back to the soap, he appeared in The Bill, Casualty and other shows. Panto. Panto. 
Oh, look at f- uh, the, the and like, name another one. Come on, Carl Kennedy. Well, Carl's in it. Doctor Carl. Doctor Carl. Doctor Carl. He's one of the nice. He's, he's not listed it. One of the nicest people in the world. I know. Do you know how I know this? Go on. When I was at university, one of my friends had a, um, a fantasy about Doctor Carl Kennedy, and she kept having dreams about him. Yeah. A couple of years later, another friend of mine went on the Neighbours tour in Australia and yeah. met Dr Carl Kennedy. Well, well. And he agreed to hold up a placard saying, Caroline, I dream of you too. Hey. He's in a pop band as well. They play, like, um, rock a, songs. Yeah, he's a muso, isn't he's he? He's good. Ke- Kelly, do you uh, give us a Neighbours character? Mrs Mangle. Oh. Vivian Grey. She's 90 years old. She was in it between... 19, only, only in it between 1986 and 1988. Oh. Already famous as Ida Jessup in, in, in... Sullivan. Here we go! <laughs> she left Neighbours and retired uh, from acting. See, you're sounding a little bit... Dis- you sound a bit bored. And huh? it's people like you that have caused her to stop acting. Listen. Mm. Uh, she left Neighbours and retired to acting thanks to abuse from deluded fans for her character's annoying personality. She was last heard of living in West Sussex where she was caught out in a sexploitation ring. Charlene. What? You made that up. I made the last bit up, but she lives in West Sussex. Wow. Charlene, uh, that was... Um, what happened to her? Kylie Minogue, 46. She was only in it for two and a half years. And what I... a two and a half years they were. What is your beef today? That, uh, that I actually had a tape with all the weddings on. <gasps> it was uh, Angry Anderson. Angry right. Anderson tweeted me the other day. Was he all right or angry? He was... I think he's just, <laughs> he's just miffed Anderson now, I think.
Stevens before, as my mum would describe, he went weird. <laughs> <laughs> or converted to Islam, yeah, yeah. as everyone else would describe Oh, I used to like him before he went weird. Uh, before he, he, he took up a face. All right, Mum, yeah, nice one. Uh, so, do you fancy your mother-in-law? And um, what else? Give us one more. Well, clothes that don't do you any favours, by the sound oh, yeah. of things. Um, a doll claimant was told by job centre staff to stop wearing his Nobody Knows I'm Gay t-shirt to interviews. <laughs> <laughs> Furious Sean Clark, 28, said they called the top inappropriate for his regular appointment. Gay Sean of Burnley, Langs. Oh, his name is Sean, not Gay Sean. Gay Sean. Um, Where's Gay Sean? He's been out of work Hello. for two <laughs> He's been out of work for two years and said it's discrimination. I always wear a shirt and tie to interviews, but there's nothing wrong with the T. Oh, it's just for the job centre appointment. Oh, well, you can wear it for the job for the job centre. You wear what you like. Do you? I've never done it. Oh, you wear what you like. When I was signing on in Halsden in North London, a particularly rough area of London. There um, were people in there doing drug deals on their mobile phones. What? And those people never got touched. It was always me that got hauled in for a questioning. Well, there's someone in there going, yeah, I'll, I'll sort you, I can get you a, a 16th, well, I'll get you a quarter. Um, it buys in a 16th. I can get you a quarter, I'll be round in an hour, I just need to sign on. Unbelievable. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, the exit slip road at Junction 25 for the A10 Enfield is closed because of an incident. The highway's agency officers have stopped all traffic there, so it's beginning to cause queues on the M25 anti-clockwise approaching Enfield. On the A1M southbound, it's looking very slow around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And on the M1 southbound, it's looking very busy between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. In Buntingford, on the A10 southbound, it's looking busy around the BP roundabouts. And in Watford, on Cassio Road southbound. It's looking very busy between the A412 and Lammas Road. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you so, so much. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, MPs raise concern over increase in prison assaults, Chancellor to deliver pre-election budget and Watford go top of the championship. BBC Three Counties Radio. MPs have raised concerns about the effects of government cuts and reforms on the prison system. The Cross-Party Justice Committee found increases in assaults on staff and inmates, suicides, self-harm and indiscipline. More from Tony Fisher. Last year at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes, two inmates were attacked by fellow prisoners and inspectors also raised concerns about the number of suicides. The committee said resources could be better spent on preventing crime by dealing with drug and alcohol addiction. Prisons Minister and MP for South West Bedfordshire Andrew Salou said they'll continue to maintain safety, including a crackdown on new synthetic drugs, which is driving much of the prisoner violence. The Chancellor George Osborne is to set out his last budget before the election at lunchtime. He's pledged no giveaways or gimmicks when he unveils his tax and spending plans, but he is expected to ease up on some austerity measures and reduce some taxes, particularly for lower earners and savers. Police in Bedfordshire are urging people to be careful what they reveal on the internet after a string of online blackmails. Three men from Luton and Bedford were targeted by a woman over Skype and convinced to perform sexual acts in front of the camera. More from Nicola Hazler. The men were encouraged to build a relationship with the woman over the internet before she persuaded them to remove their clothes and perform sexual acts. 
unknown to the men they were being recorded and the woman then threatened to post the recordings online if they didn't send her money. The practice, known as sextortion, is often carried out by criminal gangs who pose as young women on social media. Police are treating the death of a man in Nash in Buckinghamshire as unexplained and suspicious. Paramedics called in officers after the man in his 30s was found dead at Nash Park in Winslow Road yesterday morning. Two new tube stations are included in a £200 million project to extend the underground to Watford Junction Station. The government says it will fund the Croxley Rail project, which will see tube trains running from Watford to central London every 10 minutes during peak hours. The Watford MP Richard Harrington says it's hugely important for the area. It's two new stations in really important parts of Watford, one at Vicarage Road and the other one um, near the Croxley Business Park, which is a large area where many multinational companies we hope will come and locate. In sport, Watford are top of the championship after victory at Wigan. Cross towards the far post. Deeney's coming in with the header! Troy Deeney puts Watford in front! Troy Deeney comes up, right-footed, into the corner of the Nets, and Watford double their lead, and they have the three points here for Hornets, heading to the top of the championship. In League One, MK Dons won 3-1 at Oldham. In League Two, Wickham drew two all at home to Accrington. Luton lost their fifth successive away game, going down 1-0 at Newport, and Stevenage are just a point behind Luton and into the playoff places after a 0-0 draw at Exeter. The weather, mist and fog will lift this morning with some hazy sunshine later, a maximum temperature 12 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties Thank you Simon Ah man alive Fancy a little bit of um, what do they call it sexpulsion no what do they call it sexploitation yeah, no sex um, sextortion sextortion that's extortionate, isn't it? It is. Everybody peeps. <laughs> it's a Stavros, isn't it? I've got loads of money. Wow, you really are a man of one voice. That was the late 80s. That was the late 80s. Catherine, what's on the show this morning? All kinds of stuff. We're okay. talking uh, prison violence, sextortion. Yep. Touchy feely dealy on the streets, asking you whether you fancy your mother-in-law. Hey. Now think about it. Yeah. Half of you do. So if it's not you, it's the your person next to you. Oh, <laughs> cheeky. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Is your text machine open? Thanks. You know that I kind of ask you for text throughout the show and that this is a good point to ask you I know, for them. But I've been in there talking to you, right? Then no, I you've went... been in there for ages. You've been in there for ages. Yeah, then I went for... And I'm wearing a jumpsuit, so it took me a while to get in and out. So hang on a sec. I'll tell you what, I'll do this story and then we'll no, get... No, it's all right. No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm... no, 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 you're all right. 81333. Start your text 3C on. Catherine will get to it eventually. Now, last year, prisoner on prisoner violence at Woodhill uh, Prison in Milton Keynes left one inmate in a life-threatening condition. And if the latest cross-party report from MPs is to be believed, the incident was symptomatic of a decline in safety brought about in part by government cuts. The House of Commons Justice Committee has grave concerns about an increase in assaults, suicides, self-harm and in discipline between 2012 and 2014. 
Speak now to uh, Andrew Nielsen, who is the policy director for Howard League, uh, the Howard League for Penal Reform. Morning, Andrew. Morning. Uh, are you surprised by uh, the content of this report? No, I'm afraid not. It's, it's actually something that, that the Howard League as a, as a charity has been saying for some time, that, that um, you just need to look at uh, prison inspection reports across the country over the last uh, year or so to see that there's been a real deterioration in uh, lots of lots of issues, but particularly this issue of prison safety, that, that we've seen um, a big rise in suicides and in assaults, both prisoners on prisoners, but also um, prisoners on staff. Um, and, 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 a, and a very concerning increase in self-harm um, amongst prisoners. And how have government cuts in, uh, affected this? Well, there's a couple of things. One is that um, there's, a, there's a staffing crisis because um, a, a lot of staff have been made redundant and uh, at the same time they're actually finding it difficult to recruit new staff because the, sal- the starting salary is not uh, particularly high, particularly for the southeast of England. You would earn more as a baggage handler in Heathrow than a prison officer and, and obviously uh, you wouldn't have to deal with some of the very serious issues that prison officers have to deal with in, in, in that role. Um, so so the, 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 that's the big thing. And, and, and the, the squeeze on prison budgets generally has meant that um, prisoners are spending more and more time in their cells. There aren't the staff to get them out of the cells and into classrooms or workshops. Um, and, and this is really causing a, a, a lot of problems. There will be people listening, Andrew. They often uh, uh, phone in when we talk about prisons. And you, you make your point that, that, that prisoners are stuck in cells for longer and they have less uh, activities to do. Uh, some people will say, well, yeah, so what? Tough. They're prisoners. W- w- why is it so important that they do have activities? Well, what are we sending them to prison to do? I mean, um, if they are in prison, then they should be doing something that is going to try and stop them from committing crime when they get released. So we would expect, I think, people when they go to prison to to go to education or to do work or or to get treatment for drug problems or whatever it may be. What I think actually the public wouldn't expect is that people spend all day lying on their bunks watching the TV, which is what's happening. Andrew, trust me, there are lots of people out there who do think that's exactly what they should be doing. I know that because they they phone us up. Well, as I say, I I think that um, if we want uh, people to come out and not re-offend, then we should expect prisons to be doing a better job than simply warehousing people um, and and having them lie on their bunks all day. Is there anything else in this report that, that we've not picked up on that stands out, do you think? I think it, it's a very measured report which, which looks at um, a, a whole range of issues, including um, the, the, the government's current policy, which is to close older prisons and open new ones. It says that that's understandable, but one of the issues there is that uh, we're seeing smaller prisons close, but, but the new prisons that open are, are getting bigger and bigger, um, ever, ever, ever bigger. And the new prison in Wrexham in North Wales is going to be the largest prison in the country, one of the largest in Europe. And the committee does express some concerns about that that trend because the larger the prison the harder it is to manage never mind when you have all the other problems that i mentioned earlier about um, shortages in staff and uh, and squeezes on budgets it's an interesting report uh, andrew will it actually change anything well we're just about to have a general election so this 
um, current government can do very much in terms of responding to the report. But I would hope that whoever uh, comes in uh, after the election, whoever is the new Secretary of State for Justice in charge of prisons, that this report is high up on their entry because it does give them a, a pretty good overview of, of where the prisons are at the moment. And it's not a good place. Andrew, thanks for your time. Andrew Nielsen, uh, Policy Director for the Howard League for Penal Reform. Catherine, we've got a statement, haven't we? Yeah, we have. This is from the Prisons Minister and MP for South West Bedfordshire, Andrew Salou. Uh, our modernisation pro- programme has created an estate fit for purpose and saved the taxpayer millions of pounds. Staffing levels were agreed with both prison governors and the unions at the outset, and they've done an excellent job during a period when the prison population has unpredictably risen. This government will always have enough space for those sent to us by courts and we will continue to maintain the safety of the estate, including tough new measures to crack down on new synthetic drugs, which are driving much of the increase in prisoner violence. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. The tax machine, is she up and running? It is, it is, it is. Uh, and uh, Jodie and Bedford's furious about this suggestion that um, if you feed your baby, uh, breastfeed your baby for longer, they'll be more intelligent. The implication being, if I you suppose... Don't, you'll have thick kids. You'll have thick kids. Jodie and Bedford, what a load of rubbish. Why do health officials feel the need to put new parents under pressure to breastfeed? It's bad enough trying to get your head around being a mum and knowing what to do. My daughter was bottle-fed powdered milk. She got nine GCSEs Ooh. and recently sat mocks for second year of A-levels and got straight A's. So you liar. You liar. She wasn't powder-fed. You, you fed her with your breast. <laughs> you must have done. So how big was the sample size of the study, says Jodie? I'd question the validity of the results. I think the sample size was uh, 36D. Oh, I did a funny! Sexist funny, but it was a funny. Perhaps primary socialisation played a part in the results. After all, upbringing plays a part in children's futures. Well, this is the thing. I don't. I don't. Is it necessarily true that the results they found? If you breastfeed, you're going to have more intelligent, more successful kids. The implication being, perhaps that um, you know, perhaps people from a wealthier background will breastfeed uh, from a higher social class, mm-hmm. better schools. Is what I'm trying to say breastfeed. I don't know. But then you get the people who do going for this extended breastfeed. Oh, the ones that do it to five-year-olds. Or they're doing it in tandem with a seven and a nine-year-old. And that is is just weird, isn't it? That is. Let's be honest. That is, if you've ever seen a five-year-old supping at mummy's breast... or When they can ask for it, if they're able to ask for it, then you've been doing it too long. Once nature's given them teeth... They should be chewing. They can latch on. No, not good. It's a weird thing. Uh, also, Snuffers says it's my daughter's first birthday next weekend. Oh, they're talking about... Um, yeah, zebra. Well, he says, one, would you all like to come? And two, do you know anyone who's got an ostrich? Uh, no to the first question. Excuse me. And yes to the second one. But I'm not telling you. It's Bernie Clifton. Is that a real one? Well, yeah, of course it's real. Uh, how, do you think it's his legs in there and the legs at the, at the side are fake? Get out of here. Uh, we've got this as well from Tony talking about the P word. I still don't want to say it. I know that um, Top Gear have been given the... Uh, well, I, I'm uncomfortable saying it, but, we, the, but Radio 4 was spouting it like nobody's business yesterday. We are allowed, it would appear, to say the word pikey. Depending on the context, which I still don't get. Oh, I don't know. But apparently it's not a term of racial abuse. Uh, Anthony says, what is racist? Is someone talking about a race of people, those English, them Scottish, the Pakistani people, pikey people? I don't think that's racist. The N-word is as you mean to offend. Well, I think that there is no such thing as... (laughs) 
This is a can of worms, isn't it? So let's open the worms, let's serve them while they see them. Well, look, oh, the I'm N word is, as you mean to offend, is right, and then there's a whole other thing. But the P word is offensive. The, 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 the C word for Chinese people is, is uh, um, used, they're all used from positions of uh, perceived authority. Uh, and um, uh, 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 degrading. That's what they're for. Well, he says, honky, are you offended at that? I think oh. it's a very funny word. The offence is all in the tone of voice. Think about the swear word, effer. You can call mm. someone that in a jokey way or in a nasty way. Uh, by the way, I don't fancy my mother-in-law. She's dead. Well, well Thanks very much we for heard that, a song Tony. last week that I doesn't mean... preclude that. Uh, does it, I've not heard the word honky since 1976. No one uses that, come on. And all these people saying, well, I don't get offended. I'm Welsh and I don't get offended if you call me Taff. Well, yeah, but it's different. It's, it's different. And it depends how it's said. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. 81333, start your text 3CR. Why are we talking about fancying your mother-in-law? Um, because apparently 50% of men do, according to a uh, survey of something like 1,500 well, people. Well, your mother-in-law is a pretty good indication of what your missus is going to look like uh, 30 years hence. What do you think I look like my mum? In 30 years hence, yeah, your sister will look more like your mum than you do. Yeah, I look like my dad, hopefully not bald. Well, I mean... <laughs> you, should, you should get a back mirror. <laughs> you should have a little look there. Uh, 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Uh, or you can send me an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. BBC Three Counties Radio, let's get the travel news. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there are delays approaching Junction 25 for Enfield after the exit slip road was closed earlier on. It was closed for about 15 minutes, but it has now reopened. Anti-clockwise on the M25, it's very slow from Junction 21 for the M1 towards Junction 18 for Chorleywood. And the M1 southbound is looking slow between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. In Buntingford on the A10 southbound, it's looking slow on the speed sensors just after London Road around the Buntingford South and BP roundabouts. And in Watford on the A. 41 Northwestern Avenue is busy at St Albans Road around the Dome Roundabout. On the train departure ports, there are no major delays at the moment. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 7.15. It's Wednesday, the 18th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. MPs have raised concerns about the effect of government cuts and reforms on the prison system. Police in Bedfordshire are urging people to be careful what they reveal on the internet after a string of online blackmails. And I think we're talking about downstairs and sometimes upstairs. And in sport, what but primarily downstairs. Watford atop... I don't mean in the living room, I mean you're downstairs. And in sport, you're wanger. Watford atop of the championship after last night's 2-0 win at Wigan. BBC Three Counties Radio. One. Can I take your order, please? What does it take to get a bucket of fried chicken... Come on, we need to smile. We love it here, don't we? ..into your hands. We're constantly, relentlessly focused on growth. BBC One goes behind the scenes of one of the UK's fastest-growing industries. Great big red sign outside someone's front door is going to look horrendous. To find out what life is really like inside one of the fast-food giants that feed our nation. It's not rocket science, it's chicken and chips. 
the billion dollar chicken shop tonight at nine on BBC One ah, and BBC One. Aha, I get it. It's one of those shows where we see everyday people in their everyday life and we laugh at them. It's one of those shows. Ah, oh. those people. My favourite one of those shows was a couple um, and they ran a business. What business were they in? She had glasses and no chin. And it was like a fly-on-the-wall documentary, but then every now and then it'll be intercut with, like, a fantasy sequence of them dancing or something. What am I thinking of? One of someone will know, dear listener, you'll know. Um, they ran a business. She had glasses and no chin. And uh, Is that Coronation Street? No, this was a real, a real business. Forty Towers? No, no, no. Real? And, um... It was a fly. I can't think of what it was. Someone, someone listening knows what I'm talking about. It was about six years ago, and it went half good. Do you remember the ones about the driving lessons? She had glasses <laughs> yeah. as well, didn't she? I didn't watch the driving lessons. She was one. a really rubbish driver. Mo. Actually, that oh Mo, oh Mo, she became a celebrity because she couldn't drive. Was yeah. she from that? Yeah. I flip she it. just did some driving lessons. Fair play. Actually, I've been locking that chicken shop thing. It actually sounds quite good because it turns out I do like. Where are you going? I dropped my wedding ring. Okay. Oh, there we go. Sextortion. I do like those. I do actually like those programs where we laugh at people because they're silly, because they're common and poor. I do like those programs. They're fun, aren't they? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What's the one I'm thinking of? Where it was, it was a couple, and um, she had glasses. Yeah, and they no ran chin. a business. No chin, and there was a Christmas special, and it would go off into little fantasy <laughs> sequences <laughs> where they would um, shut up, where they would um, uh, like dance and stuff. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, sextortion. Police are investigating an online scam that led to three Bedfordshire men being blackmailed by an online... Oh, for goodness. This is a made-up word. A sextortionist. It sounds like someone who does sex in awkward positions. (laughs) The woman encouraged them to bear more than their their souls on Skype than threatened to publish the images. Joined now by Wayne May, who runs an online support service for victims of this type of crime called Scam Survivors. Morning, Wayne. Morning. How, uh, how uh, uh, common are these, uh, these type of crimes? It's very common. We can get uh, two dozen or so reports every day. The simple answer is don't get your wanger out online, isn't it? Well, that's easy to say, but people do. Why do they do it? Um, well, if they're young, impressionable males... They see a naked female on webcam, they do what young impressionable yeah. males would do. Is it always young men? Because, of course, there have famously been a few uh, older celebrities, and let's not mention any names, but there have been um, older men that get uh, a, a, a caught doing this. No, we've also dealt with females who've had it happen as well. It's a, it's a variation of the scam, but we've dealt with 15-year-old girls who've been part of this as well. Oh, blimey. Uh, so how does it work? They meet someone online and, and the person says, go on, let's have a look at your bits. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and then and then they try and... Um, uh, 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 how do they get money out of them? Well, they demand that they send money, usually through uh, Western Union, MoneyGram, and if they don't, then they'll send... Well, they threaten to send the video or the pictures to their friends, their family, their boss. Are these threats... Wayne ever actually um, carried out, do we know? Because there's a strong chance, if, if I meet you online and you send me, you know, I, I, I get some screen grabs of your, uh, what's it, I don't know your family, I don't know if you're married, I don't know your mum or your dad or, or your boss, it, it, is, is it quite often they're just um, the, the, the bluffing? 
Most of the time, yes, but it has actually happened. We had one case where um, a lady in America had video recorded of her when she was uh, a teenager that she was completely unaware about, and the scammer threatened to send this video, and he actually made a blog and sent it to all her friends and her family, including her 13-year-old brother. Oh, dear, how horrible. I suppose a lot of it. I, I, I've, been, I've read. I don't know if you've read the excellent John Ronson book about um, public shaming, and I suppose a lot of it is our reaction to uh, towards sexual activity. He talks about Max Mosley, who was publicly shamed for um, uh, indulging in, um, um, let's describe it as an exotic sexual scenario. And uh, Mr Mosley refused to be shamed. He stood up and went, yeah, and so what? Is is there a a way that these victims could fight back? Um, No, what we recommend they do is block the scammer, deactivate their online accounts for at least two weeks. Uh, If you go to either blackmailscams.com of sextortionscams.com. They both lead to the same page, mm. which gives people all the help and advice they need, all the steps they need to take and how to deal with this. I suppose, uh, are a lot of these uh, scammers based abroad or are they, they based in England? No, most of them are either based in Morocco or the Philippines, but 99% oh. of them are. Blimey, very exotic places. Uh, you do a podcast about these kinds of uh, 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 crimes, Wayne. What, why did you think it was necessary to, to do a show? Uh, because we want people to hear people's stories, uh, what we do with the podcasts, we'll do a serious part where we'll have uh, you play the part of one that we did earlier. Yeah. But then we do stuff as well where we uh, have a bit of fun with the scammers as well. Oh, what you, uh, you 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 get in touch with them? Yeah. Oh, I've done that. I, is that now that is good fun. I had a fellow that wanted five grand off me, uh, and he was going to turn it into ten grand. A, guy, a gentleman called uh, Rooney Jeep. And I had great fun with him, uh, uh, yanking his chain for about five or six months. I used to phone him up and we would chat, and um, they, they are idiots, these people, aren't they? Uh, some of them are. Some of them are incredibly smart, though. Uh, Wayne, just go back to the first point. Surely, I, and I know you, it, it, you're saying it's young, impressionable men that are doing this, but um, they, these are. Uh, this is a generation that has grown up with the internet. Surely they need to learn a little bit of responsibility. Don't get your doodar out on a camera. It's, it just seems obvious to me. Well, it seems obvious to, to us, but there are people who, as soon as they see a half-naked woman, uh, the blood isn't rushing to their brain anymore. No, it's rushing to their, their, their doodar. Uh, uh, Wayne, listen, uh, if people want to find your Scam Survivors podcast, do they just type that into iTunes? Uh, no, if you go to the website itself, you'll find the link on the front page. Brilliant. Well, nice to talk. Uh, uh, Wayne, thanks. Nice to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Wayne May, Will, of course, the name of the gentleman who got caught out literally. I do think... Do they teach the internet in schools? Yeah, I think they do now. Because it just, it just seems to me... Uh, hey, listen, blackmail and shaming is, is awful and it's terrible, but... Um, don't get your thing out on a webcam. It's particularly with someone you've... I, I mean, I, I would suggest don't do it for, for someone you've been going out with for a while either. Don't even do it with your wife unless you've been together for about 10, 15 years. In that case, you won't need a picture of it, will she? Well, no, exactly. You remember it. Um, you could find it in a dark room. But um, <laughs> but certainly not with someone you've just met online. Get your thing out. What, what a ridiculous thing to do. What happened to saying it with flowers? Well, I think some of them do say with flowers as well. It's <laughs> what they use as a vase, isn't it? But it's it? just the general standard of what people think is OK to put on. I mean, if you look on Twitter, 
um, and some of the people that follow us, yeah. um, you know, young girls, probably about 15, 16, and some of their profile photos are quite, um, what's the word, suggestive. And you think, sure, Mum, not you're putting this one on. Why are you taking it from, uh, from cleavage up? It, the programme was called The Armstrongs. Thank you, Damon. It was on BBC Two and they sold double glazing and wow. it was brilliant. That was good. And there was another good one about a gay couple that wanted to build a house on a Greek island. Yes, I saw that one. And the, uh, one of them wanted a massive window. Mm -hmm. And I was so... Series 2 was rubbish. Series 2 was really fake. The first one was brilliant. Um, and uh, uh, I was so obsessed with this, I would watch it religiously. I'd just watch it over and over again. That for my birthday once, my wife got in touch with them and they recorded me a birthday message. This couple, this strange old couple, very weird program. The second series is rubbish. But people have got wise to it now. Those fly in the wall things used to be funny when people were unaware of what was going into them. Now people are acting for the cameras. There was another good one. An estate agent in West Hampstead. Oh, it was brilliant. That what the, the dear BBC, right? What you need to do? Forget Top Gear. Show uh, show these programmes again on... When's Top Gear on? Sunday? Show these programmes again or release them on DVD. I would buy the Armstrongs and the uh, estate agents on DVD and I would also buy a five-disc box set of Tomorrow's World from the 70s and 80s. They were good. Do you remember Paddington Green? Oh, that yeah. That was great. About the uh, transsexual uh, prostitute. Yes, yeah. she was one of the characters, but there were loads of them and it was just, you know, there was a guy who worked in the wig shop. Dear BBC, either release them on DVD or send them to me for free so I can watch them. Or scrap, um, um, listen, I like BBC Four, but let's be honest, it's not worth the money. Get rid of that and uh, call it BBC Fly on the Wall. And just show those programmes, because I'd watch that. Yeah. I mean, literally just me. Viewers. No, I'd watch it. I mean, I probably wouldn't watch all of it. I'm busy. No. Most I don't really watch a lot of TV. I probably watch um... some of it. Sorry. I don't think you're selling it. I would it. either no. watch some of it, a lot of it, or, or none, none of, of it. it. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Deary, deary me. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone. Hey, Elton John, boycott Dolce and Gabbana, he says. And what's annoying about Dolce and Gabbana is that whereas Ant and Deck always stand Ant on the left and Deck on the right, they keep swapping around. Yeah. They assume you know who's who. Well, he's been seen wearing a, a tiny little tracksuit carrying a Dolce and Gabbana bag. See, I'm wondering whether that's a new purchase or that's just one of his bags for life. He, he's quite posh. He well, he says that um, his uh, aide, uh, it was his lunch bag. So, bag for <laughs> life. Posh it is. Told you. It? it was his lunch bag. Um, uh, it was carrying his sarnies in there, but he, he hadn't been shopping. But still, you would think, or he, if he was, if I was Elton John and I was carrying a Dolce and Gabbana bag, I'd draw um, a crying cactus on there. <laughs> You draw something on there. Do you know what there. I think's happened? Because he's got form for this. Yeah. I think he's had a massive hissy fit, said some stuff, yeah. thrown a few uh, expletives around and then forgotten all about I, it. I think that's probably the case. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the 
M25 clockwise, there are queues between Junction 25 for Enfield are approaching there because of an incident earlier on on the exit slip road. Also, anti-clockwise on the M25, it's slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 18 for Chorleywood. Looking at the M1 southbound, it's very busy between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. And in Watford on the A41 Northwestern Avenue, that's looking very slow around the Dome roundabout at the moment. Having a look at the train departure boards and there are no major delays showing up so far this morning. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The Chancellor, George Osborne, is to set out his last budget before the general election. He said there will be no giveaways, but is expected to reduce some taxes. MPs have raised concerns about the effects of government cuts and reforms on the prison system, and police in Bedfordshire are urging people to be careful what they reveal on the internet after a string of online blackmails. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford atop of the championship after a 2-0 win at Wigan. Captain Troy Deeney scored both goals to move Slavisio Kanovic's side ahead of Middlesbrough on goal difference. We made a very good game in difficult pitch. My team, especially second part, try all the ways for win the games. It's important points uh, what we win today. It's, uh, this is finish of this day today and we must do rest and thinking what is in front of us. Milton Keynes-Dons returned to winning ways in League One with a 3-1 victory at Oldham. Dean Bowditch, Daniel Powell and Ben Reeves scored the goals for Carl Robinson's side. The pitch was conducive today and I know it doesn't look great from here but it played really well. It played quick and it played fair and I think that we, we moved the ball around really, really well and like I say, it's a very, very well-deserved three points. Wickham slipped to third in League Two after a two-all draw at home to Accrington. Sam Wood and Alfie Mawson scored for the Wanderers. His manager, Gareth Ainsworth. We've been top three, you know, for a long time now. And I'm so proud of the boys, the way they are. And the, the efforts they've put in again, they, they're shattered. They've come off that pitch absolutely shattered, given everything. Just the uh, lack of that killer touch tonight was uh, was a cost. Luton remained sixth, but suffered their sixth defeat in seven games with a 1-0 loss at Newport. Ex-Hatter Aaron O'Connor scored the first half winner. His Luton boss, John Steele. Players not playing to their capabilities is always a reason you can say. Is it a reason? Well, yeah, it probably is. You know, I would say if we asked, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 players, are they happy with their form? I'm not sure how many would, would say yes. Steve Nidge are just a point behind Luton and into the playoff places after a goalless draw at Exeter. Here's the Borough manager, Graham Westley. I thought it was a very professional performance. I thought uh, the boys worked very hard. Tactically, they took the game plan on to the letter. We didn't really allow them to get any sort of game going. I thought we had by far the better of the chances over the 90 minutes. And I think if there was a winner or a deserved winner on the night, it, was, it would have been us. And Arsenal are out of the Champions League despite a 2-0 win away to Monaco. They went out on the away goals rule after losing the first leg 3-1. Tonight, Manchester City are away to Barcelona, with City already trailing 2-1 from the first game. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at 8. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, it's where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new Just keep moving on 
this road that never seems to end When you adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel like that's old style Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down Until tomorrow the whole world is my own We find we men, we married men find us mother-in-laws sexy. Well, half of you do. Or is it we find half of the mother-in-law sexy? The top half, <laughs> or the bottom half, depends what your preference is. What, what, where is, have they, someone actually researched this? Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, I'd say this. briefly they researched it. Just. You know. So we find mother-in-laws sexy. Right, yeah. A third of 1,500 men quizzed reckoned their mm. mother-in-law was secretly attracted to them. Aish. One in six reckoned their mum-in-law was better looking than their partner. Aish. You need to look at yourself. Uh, and more than half of married men find their mother-in-law attractive, according to the survey. If I was Prince William, I'd fancy my mother-in-law. Yes. Um, that's the only mother-in-law I know of. Which mother-in-law do you fancy? Oh eight four five nine four double five etc etc. Dealey. Oh no, you're there, Dealey. A bush. Sorry. What? I'm standing by a bush. Beg your pardon. Not just any bush. Oh, very special bush. Treasure. Balloon bush. Mm. Treasure bush. There be yes, treasure. Yes, I'm uh, in London Coley this morning. This bush here uh, was uh, the, the bush where fifty thousand pounds worth of gold and silver was oh. found. It's on a reed close in London Coley. Does it look like a special bush? It does. Yes. We'll be talking nice. to the uh, police, uh, the detective inspector, in a few minutes to find out exactly. What's going on there? Is there any sign of any more treasure there, Just? <laughs> no, and I've been looking, trust me, I've been looking. Mm. Uh, no sign at all. OK. Uh, sexy mother-in-laws. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You've taken I, this to the street, have you? I have. I've taken it to the streets of London Coley this morning. Yeah. I think you, you'll see a bit of a trend here oh. uh, when you hear these voices. Here's what people had to say. Let's get the Polish perspective. Let's get the man's perspective. What's your name, sir? Thomas. Thomas. Do you fancy your mother-in-law? Yes. Sorry, do you fancy... Oh, ho, 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 you slipped up there, didn't you? Hey, Thomas, I think we're going to leave it there. Thank you very much. Take care. OK. Wow, incredible. Morning, sir. How are you doing this, uh, this Wednesday morning? 
Very good, thank you. Excellent. Right, I'm going to put a direct question to you. I'd like a direct answer, please. Your mother-in-law, do you fancy your mother-in-law? No. Come on. That no is a bit, uh, no. a bit too suspicious definitely for me. Definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Tell, no. tell me why definitely not. What, what's wrong with that? She's not my type. It's simple as that. Yeah? Yeah, so that's th- it. There's no likeness at all to, to your wife? No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, my wife looks like her dad. Okay, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks very much. I'm here with uh, Lead Button. That's a lovely machine there. Does the job. Great for cleaning those streets. Lead Button, do you have a thing? Do you have a crush? Do you fancy your mother-in-law? My mother-in-law? Yeah. I don't have a wife. Oh. Um, got a girlfriend? Yeah. What's her mother like? Mother in Ghana. Huh? Ghana. She's in Ghana? Yeah. Is she attractive? Yeah. Do you fancy her? Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, good come. Now, madam, we're going to turn the table slightly on this one. We always do that on our perspectives. Uh, you have two daughters, don't you? Yes. Uh, and they're both married? Uh, no, just one is married. Just one that's married. OK, now, your son-in-law, do you think he fancies you? Um, I'm told that he does, but it, I, I'm sure it's just Ooh. in jest and fun. Who's told you that? Uh, my daughter. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Um, well, it's rather flattering in some respects, but, it, you know... I'm sure it's all in jest. Well, thanks for being so honest. Thank you very much. Only one way to find out, my dear, is to have a few drinks at the next Christmas party (laughs) and try. Try your luck. Uh, Could be an awkward Christmas. It could be. I mean, mean, the the trend that I found this morning is that uh, locals say no, foreigners say yes. Just more open, aren't they? What what Mm. are you doing for the rest of the morning, Just? Well, well, whatever you want, boss. I'm here in London Colney by the bush. Uh, What would you like? What do you fancy, Catherine? There's a... uh, I'm, I don't know if this probably isn't right for you, but I'm, I'm interested. Did you hear this story about these four judges that got three that got the sack, yeah. and one that quit because they've been watching pornography at work, mm-hmm. right, in their chambers? Mm-hmm. So the, the, yeah. the, the, there is no suggestion at the moment that they were watching pornography while a case was going on. That's being investigated. Yeah. That'd be difficult. But there's no suggestion, and that it was nothing illegal. It wasn't child porn. It was nothing illegal. It was legal pornography on their computers at work in their chambers. Three of them got the sack, and a fourth one stepped down. Hmm. I'm, I'm really shocked by the fact that they've got the sack. I don't think they've done anything. If they have done something wrong, then we're all in trouble, let me tell you. Well, not no. <laughs> Being just. No, I, I don't think they've done anything particularly wrong. Hey, listen, guess what? Uh, the, the gentlemen, and indeed some women, as we've heard this morning, look at pornography, OK? Yeah. And I'd imagine they look at them on a work computer. But to do it... Come on, we all know stories about people who work here. But to... (laughs) I know, but I mean, what in it? I guess if you've got your own office, it could be more tempting. But they're not going to be, you know... uh, Yeah, but what's the point in looking if you're not? Well, you just look, you know, some people just look. It's nice to look at. All right, it's nice nice to look at. It's nice. Of course it is. Of course it's nice to look at. And uh, uh, I think this is a really weird overreaction that they've, they've got... The boot, just because they were having a look at adult Yeah, material. but when were they doing that? Was it during their lunch break, or was it after hours? I think it's just the fact they were using work facilities. But if they're doing the job, well, and they're doing I their job well... I don't know whether they were. Um, I don't know. Oh, why don't we ask? Ask whether people think they have any sympathy for these guys. They should have uh, kept can, their can jobs. Can you work this into a, a voxable question? I think so. Justin, it's, it's a really interesting story, and I think it is a massive overreaction. As long as it wasn't interfering with their work, as long yeah. as there was nothing illegal, I, I mean... Uh, get, is it any different from having a quick look on, online for a new frock? <laughs> Ooh. I mean, because, uh, you know, I've done online, online shopping at work. Mm-hmm. Not here, obviously. No, yeah, yeah. no. 
Come on, everyone does it. She's reading the story. Just, can you you can make get something out of that, can't you? I think so. I, th- I think we'll, we'll kind of keep it specific to, to, yep. to the men you're talking about. But I think it does raise an issue, you know, in general. Uh, if you are doing your job, doing your job well, uh, and nobody's looking over your shoulder, it's not offending anybody. Is there anything wrong with that? Mm. If you're over 18, of course. Uh, Justin, thank you very much indeed. Oh, wait, 459 455 Um Yeah, it's int- I heard this on the news and I, I, I was reading it this morning. I just, I'm really shocked they got the boot for it. Have they named them as well? Yeah, they've, so named, they've been we, we even as well. Know, well. They've been named and shamed and we even know how much money they earn. Um, it's weird, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm speaking predominantly to the gentleman. We've all looked at it, haven't we? We've all looked at stuff. We've all looked at legal stuff on the computer, haven't we? Haven't we? And to, to get the sack for doing it, and the sack, uh, it just seems a little bit of an overreaction. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And also, also, gentlemen, can we find a gentleman, uh, eighteen or over, that will honestly, hand on heart, say, "Well, I've never looked at it because I don't believe I don't believe you." I do not believe there is a gentleman out there over the age of eighteen who has not looked at adult material online. Don't believe it. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What you got? Well, let's have a look. I'm just um, yeah. Hero suit explodes. Page twenty seven. Right here we go. Hero suit explodes. You know these days. I mean, when we were kids, you were lucky if you got a Spider Man costume, and you probably wore it till the knees came out of it. Yeah. Right. This yes. guy has got a Spider Man outfit that flashes, oh, uh, but flashed no. a bit too much. A child's flashing Spider Man outfit exploded in his family home. What? What do you mean? The unfortunately named Stephen Slaughter. Ah, uh, don't worry. He wasn't wearing the twelve pound fifty suit when a battery pack powering lights shot fifteen feet oh. across the room. Wow, that would have been Spidey powers. Uh, Dad Steve, fifty-seven, who bought the suit, uh, said, "I heard a crack and the box flew across the floor. This thing is potentially lethal." So they want uh, Asda to withdraw the what they call potentially lethal outfits from sale. Asda said an investigation's underway. Flipping heck. Uh, just Matthew has, uh, has uh, tweeted us, you always knock people that send statements and don't come on the show. No mention when local Andrew Salou MP sent statements. We don't always knock people uh, that send statements and don't come on the show. And if I'm completely honest... Uh, I'm finding that story a little bit boring. Yeah. That's that's why I'm not that's why I'm not banged on about. It. I mean, it's disappointing he hasn't come on, and there was a I know there was frustration in the office yesterday, but it's it's not a story that's really grabbed my grabbed me by the throat. It might do after eight with our guest uh, that's coming on. Always um, always an interesting listen. Yes. Speaking about prisoners' rights, that should be uh, should be sparky, but it's not really grabbed me, Matthew. So there's no there's no conspiracy here. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Now, uh, you, you always get this thing, don't you? When you go, uh, imagine going for a real job. Blimey! <laughs> this is what I've just opened up. These idiots that ask these kind of questions, thinking they're interesting. How would you sell a fridge to an Eskimo, and how many calories are there in a supermarket? Stumped? Well, failing to get these mind-boggling questions right might just cost you a job. These are these idiots that think they are uh, uh, Lord God Almighty when they're having uh, uh, job interviews, and they really enjoy and relish the power they've got over the poor saps that dare to apply to work for their company. I got one of these when I applied here. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the boss said. Um, These are the questions that get asked in interviews. Now, go on. You, will you tell us well, what he the boss said, said? He said the director general has just said he wants to make the good popular and the popular good. How would you reason that with reference to the weakest link? I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that means. What's that in English? I'd say I'd reason it like this, and I'd raise my middle finger, and I would uh, stick it up in the air, and I would walk out. Is that what you did? No, I didn't. I tried, and I think that's what got me the job. 
But Actually, it was a complete load of BS. I, I still don't know what it means. Oh, for goodness sake. These people that think they're... That person doesn't still work here, does they? No. Oh, thank goodness. These people that think they are clever. I tell you what, after the, the, the news and the weather, I will give you some of the, the top ten teasers at interviews. You can share yours, 08459 455555. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there are half-hour delays because there's a lane blocked between the Newport Pagnell services and Junction 14 for Milton Keynes, so those delays are back to Junction 15 for Northampton. On the M25, clockwise, there are queues approaching Junction 25 for Enfield, although all the lanes there on the exit slip road have been reopened after the closure earlier on. And anti-clockwise, it's looking very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 18 for Chorleywood. In Wyboston, on the A1 southbound, it's very slow between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat roundabouts. And in Bedford on Kimbolton Road, it's looking a little slow around the uh, Kimbolton Road southbound at the B660. On the A10 in Buntingford, it's looking quite slow around the BP roundabout at London Road. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 7.45, Wednesday the 18th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Chancellor, George Osborne, is uh, to set out his last budget before the general election. MPs have raised concerns about the effect of government cuts and reforms on the prison system. And in sport, Watford are top of the championship after last night's 2-0 win at Wigan. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's quite a misty start this morning, but most of it seems to be lifting now. The Met Office the yellow weather warning still in place, though, for this fog and will be for the next hour or two. Uh, but it is lifting. We're seeing some brightness. The sunshine a bit hazy, but it is there. And that's really the story of things to come. We will see the sky clear a little and we'll get some decent sunny spells this afternoon. Feeling quite nice out there with a maximum temperature of 12 Celsius. Now, if you are after sunshine, today's probably your best day for it, as after which the cloud really takes over. Through the middle part of tonight, the cloud moves in from the east and stays with us right the way through to the weekend. Thick cloud overnight, minimum temperature though chilly at 2 Celsius, so a rather gloomy start to Thursday morning. Could see one or two outbreaks of rain tomorrow afternoon as the cloud is thick enough and the temperatures go to suffer underneath that cloud, just 10 Celsius for Thursday. And as we look towards the partial solar eclipse on Friday morning, at the moment it too looks rather cloudy. That's your forecast. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. Tip-top etiquette expert William Hansen, who is not a fan of politicians oversharing. Oh, good afternoon, Roberto. I feel slightly nauseous <laughs> after that music. <laughs> Every weekday from three. Let's talk to Harriet Harman, the leader of the Labour Party. We've been in Bedford and Cambridge, and we've had very interesting discussions. Let's talk cold callers. Do you have a tried and tested method of getting rid of cold callers? You've got to make up a word before you go on the phone and so you can fit that word in without them realising in the most time. Saying um actually helps you feel calmer. Do you believe this? Show? Definitely. And since I read that, I've been doing it and I'm well chilled. Roberto <laughs> Peroni, weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. John's in Watford. Morning, John. Good morning. What you got for us, boss? Um, this thing about the uh, the judges getting sacked for watching porn on their computers. Yeah. The only, the only thing I can think, um, the, 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 the problem with that is that those computers, though they're, they're in their own, own chambers, would have gone through a main server. And anyone could access um, the server. And that's probably how they were found out. Someone was doing routine maintenance on the server and actually found the, uh, the addresses uh, and uh, traced it back to them. I don't know if you remember, a couple of years ago, there was a head teacher 
got sacked uh, because he was watching uh, gay porn on his computer in his office. Okay, it was out of hours uh, and so on, but it was there and it could be checked back through the, uh, and, through the server. And so, but I don't understand. Okay, so it can be, it, yeah, it's a, there's a, an internet browsing history, but why should these men have got the sack? Because anyone could have accessed it. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, why, 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 why would that mean that they should get the sack? They shouldn't be doing it during um, the during work time. Ah, and that's work. That, that, well, ah, now that's that, that's a completely different point to the one that anyone could have accessed it. Why shouldn't they have been doing it at work? Because they are there to do a job. They're not there to entertain themselves. But uh, but I entertain myself at work, not by doing this. But I, you know, if if they were doing their jobs. We don't know if this was out of hours, if this was in their lunch break. It wasn't get interfering with their work. You can't tell me, John, that once you're in work between 9 and 5, you are constantly focused on your job 100% of the time. Uh, occasionally, I, I might pick up a magazine and have a look. But yes, I, I agree. Well, then you, you should be yeah. sacked. But, you, you're not but, there to entertain yourself, John. But I do not access a computer which can, could be accessed by anyone else. I don't understand. Well, it, it, it can't be accessed by anyone else, and I, I don't understand why that would be a... Why, what, what that point means. It means that, that they should not... Uh, they, they, they shouldn't actually be using the uh, the county's computers to access why? pornography. Why? Because it's, it's not their right to do that. What do you mean it's not their right? But those computers are put into place for them to do a job. Yeah. Nothing more. And it's an abuse of privilege. Okay. So when you're at work, you never you never go on eBay, you never check your private email, you never go on Facebook? Not on a, not on a, on a, on a firm's computer, no. Never? Never. No, not on a firm's computer. No, I, 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 if I need to check anything on eBay, and I'm, I'm not saying I don't, I, I would use my mobile phone. Well, you're not there well, at work to you're not there at work to pleasure yourself, John. You should be working. I, I certainly would not use the county's computers to do to do that. But That's I don't. Know, I, I'm going to give you one more chance because like, we're going around in circles. Why is that a problem that they use the county's computer if it's not getting in the way of their work? They lo weren't looking at anything illegal, so why is that a problem? Whether it's illegal or not, they shouldn't be using. Why? It Tell me why. It's not there for personal use. Okay, John. I, I, I think John is is slightly naive. If we don't, if he doesn't think that people use their work computers for personal use, I don't know. Ask Andrew. Andrew, what, what are your thoughts on this? I think you know, the main thing is it's about the workplace IT policy. If your IT policy says that you can't view adult websites, which I think most of ours does, then you can't view adult websites. I think that's what they've been sacked for is going against their own IT policy. I don't think it's a moral issue. I'm just trying to, sorry, I'm just going silent because I'm trying to read the story to find out exactly what it is. Um, uh, 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 and it, if that's the case, it still seems quite harsh to, to, to sack them for it, doesn't it? Well, well, it's the same rule for everybody. I've known a few colleagues in the past that have been sacked for doing this exact same thing. Oh, and really? Of, yeah, and it's because of the breach of their own... Don't tell us where you work, but what, what kind of industry are you in? Well, I'm now in the travel industry, but I used to be in the forces. Ah, OK. OK. Well, that's interesting. Is is that the difference then, Catherine? Because this is a, 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 a kind of governmental sort well, of body. And also, if they're judges, it has to be a kind of... There's a, there's a respectable persona that goes with that, isn't there? I mean, what? if I knew my colleagues were looking at that stuff while we were at work, I would feel quite uncomfortable. Hey. Luckily, you can't see my screen. <laughs> uh, uh, Andrew, and how did they get? How did uh, your colleagues get found out? 
I, I don't know. I guess it's, I guess it's like the previous caller said. There, there is some monitoring goes yeah. on by the company's IT department, so you're always at risk of being found out. And it's not about using the company's time either, because my company forbids all of that. Even if you're um, away for the night in a hotel room for the evening, which, let's face it, that's the most tempting time. Yeah, very tempting. Andrew, listen, thank you very much. 08459 455 555. I still think it's a bit harsh that these judges got the boot. I think the naming and shaming is the harshest thing. Uh, yeah, well, well, well uh, yes, we know, we know their names. One's an immigration judge, and I just think, well, what the, what's the connection? 08459 455 555. You'd feel weird, though, if, you, if your doctor was doing it, wouldn't you? Well, if you were in the room, yes. But no, but before you came in I don't in or think something. doctors... Um, uh, uh, this is the thing, right? I don't think doctors can get turned on. Because it's like looking at a car to them, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's like mechanics don't get turned on by, by cars. Yeah. Doctors can't be aroused by a body because they know exactly how it works. It's like looking at a machine. Yeah. Oh, that old thing. A robo-sapien. Hey, doubloons. Doubloons have been found. Where have they been found? Under a bush. Under a bush in London... Colney. Uh, Detective Inspector Pete Frost is trying to find the pirates. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Keith. This is an incredible story. How, were the, how was the, uh, the treasure discovered? Just discovered by a member of the public who happened to be in the area and um, found them. Simple as that. And they were just, what, were they in a, like a, a Sainsbury's carrier bag? Were they in a sack? Were they in a chest? They, how, how were they stored? They were stored fairly individually and wrapped up, um, but all together in a, in a little, little bundle um, in the bush, as you've described. And, and uh, how, how much was there? Well, we've only had um, a very basic valuation of it, but the, the, the valuation currently sits somewhere in the region of £50,000. £50,000? And this person was just out for a walk? <laughs> so yeah. at, at what point do they get that £50,000 then, officer? <laughs> Sorry, say that again. At what point do they get that? I mean, it's like finding a fiver, right? We bring it to the police station, you give it a couple of weeks, and then we get the fiver back. Yes, that's right. Found property um, can be returned to its owner after a period of time. What we have to do is we have to make reasonable inquiries to trace the owner of that property. So part of, the, part of that process is for us to advertise that we've, these have been found and to see if we can trace that owner. Mm -hmm. So it's the owner you're looking for rather than the pirate or burglar? <laughs> yes, I think so. And has anyone got phoned up and said, do you know what, I've, I've lost about 50 grand's worth of doubloons. You haven't seen this. Has anyone been in touch? Because you would notice that had gone missing, wouldn't you? I, I think you would notice. We have had a couple of um, calls already who've, who've started giving us some details about coins in their collection and so forth. Oh. So we're just going to have a look at all those details and we're going to compare them to what we've been found and then we'll get back to those people that have contacted us and, and advise them whether it's, it's possibly theirs or not. But it's entirely possible that this walker could have just found themselves £50,000. It's entirely possible, yeah. Oh, man, I've got to pay more attention when I'm walking around. That would be Indeed. nice, wouldn't it, Pete? Yeah. Eh? <laughs> if people think they might know something about it, what should they do, Pete? Um, to contact um, Hertfordshire Police on the 101 number, um, let us know what the information they've got and tell us why, why they think that it could be them or where it might have come from. Um, get in touch with myself and then we will review what they've got, why they think it might be theirs, and then see if we can return it to the rightful owner. Pete, thank you very much indeed. Detective Inspector Pete Frost. I don't tend to look in bags that I find when I'm out walking because they just tend to have dog poo in, particularly the ones hanging from trees. People hang that stuff from trees. I know. It's like the worst Christmas ever. Hey! Who was it? Was it... Who was, was it with you, Kelly? Oh, she's on the phone. Was it was it with someone here where we watch, watched a woman walking with a dog and she had a bag under its bum? 
They were saying, we were seeing, well, I know what was happening. We were having a breakfast and we looked out the window and there was that going on. We went flipping it. Where was, was it? She's collecting it straight from the source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she didn't wait for it to drop. She caught it before it hit. That is outrageous. Enjoy your breakfast, by the way, if you're just about to chow down. Sorry. And your sausages. Let us... Uh... Hi, is that Richard? Oh, I think we're going to speak to a Richard. We're going to speak to a Richard. This is exciting. It's got a fade of one. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. Richard, what have you got for us? Um, I wanted to talk about the uh, judges watching pornography. Yeah, go on, fella. Um, a, lot, a couple of people have said that um, they, they think it's right that they got sacked because they were using the firm's computer. Um, I don't think they should have been sacked. I think they should have been given a, um, a stern telling off and a slap on the wrist for doing it. Um, but I was wondering um, what people would think if they were watching pornography on a personal computer in their chambers whether or not they'd still have the same opinion. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting twist. And, you, and you're right, you know, if it... Uh, yeah, surely a slap of the wrist and a... Come on, guys, do you know how bad this would look for us? Can you so- stop doing that? That would do. Uh, Richard, I'm going to let you go, because the line isn't great, but thank you. Yeah, if it had been their, their personal computers in their chambers, would that have made a difference? Because the, 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 the last couple of callers seemed to suggest the only problem was they were on council... Oh, council government computers. I think that's what they can get you for, but I think someone along the line has made a moral judgment, haven't they? Um, uh, uh, it's, it's, I'm just reading this story, and I, I really—it's in the, a lot of the papers. It's in the mail that I'm reading it. Um, a statement from the investigations office said the three men have been removed from the judicial office following an investigation into an allegation they viewed pornographic material on judicial IT equipment in the offices. The judges were not linked in any way. I just, I, I just think it's um, pretty poor show to give those chaps the boot for that. There unless that's what men, they're into. There will be men listening to this, some of whom are in uh, quite substantial positions of power, who are now thinking, <laughs> Benek, I need to delete my. How do industry. I? You can never. The problem is, guys, you can never get that stuff entirely off your hard drive. There's always a way of getting it back. Trust me, I found out. Oh wait, four five nine four double five. I didn't. Five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there are half-hour delays between Junction 15th Northampton and 14th Milton Keynes. It's because two lanes are blocked there after an accident involving three vehicles. On the M25 clockwise, there are delays approaching Junction 25 for Enfield after the closure of the exit slip road earlier on. And anti-clockwise on the M25, it's looking slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 18 for Chorleywood. In Watford on Cassio Road, that's looking slow southbound between Rickmansworth Road and Lammas Road. And in Hitchin, the A602 2 is looking slow southbound between the A1M Junction 8 and the A505 at Payne's Park. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. So it's um well it's an adult-themed show this morning. Exposing yourself online could get you blackmailed. And looking at others exposing themselves online could get you the sack. Oh, do you fancy your mother-in-law? 08459 455 555. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Chancellor preparing pre-election budget, inquest into death of Luton man shot dead two years ago and Watford top of the championship. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Chancellor, George Osborne, is to set out his last budget before the general election. He said there will be no giveaways, but he is expected to reduce some taxes. But economist Vicky Redwood says Mr Osborne has a tough balancing act to make. Well, there's many areas of the economy that could do with extra infrastructure spending from housing to transport and given that the government can now borrow at very low interest rates now could be the right time to do that however borrowing is borrowing it would leave government debt higher than it would otherwise be that might give financial markets the fright and it could also leave the government with less room for manoeuvre were the economy to turn down again. An inquest is to take place today into the death of a man shot dead in Luton. 46-year-old Paul Foster died two years ago. No one has ever been charged with his killing. MPs have raised concerns about the effect of government cuts and reforms on the prison system. The cross-party justice committee found increases in assaults on staff and inmates, suicide, self-harm and indiscipline. Last year at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes, two inmates were attacked by fellow prisoners and inspectors also raised concerns about the number of suicides. Police in Bedfordshire are urging people to be careful what they reveal on the internet after a string of online blackmails. Three men from Luton and Bedford were targeted by a woman over Skype and convinced to perform sexual acts in front of the camera. More from Nicola Hazler. The men were encouraged to build a relationship with the woman over the internet before she persuaded them to remove their clothes and perform sexual acts. Unknown to the men, they were being recorded and the woman then threatened to post the recordings online if they didn't send her money. The practice, known as sextortion, is often carried out by criminal gangs who pose as young women on social media. Police in Wolverhampton made a fresh appeal at last night's Wolves match for information about the attack on a Watford supporter earlier this month. 44-year-old Nick Cruis from Hemel Hempstead remains in a critical condition. A total of five teenagers have now been arrested. The latest was a 14-year-old yesterday. Police are treating the death of a man in Nash in Buckinghamshire as unexplained and suspicious. Paramedics called in officers after the man in his 30s was found dead at Nash Park in Winslow Road yesterday morning. In sport, Watford atop of the championship after victory at Wigan. Cross towards the far post. Deeney's coming in with the header! Troy Deeney puts Watford in front! Troy Deeney comes up right-footed into the corner of the net! And Watford double their lead and they have the three points here for Hornets heading to the top of the championship. In League One, MK Dons won 3-1 at Oldham. In League Two, Wickham drew two all at home to Accrington. Luton lost their fifth successive away game, going down 1-0 at Newport. And Stevenage are just a point behind Luton and into the playoff places after a 0-0 draw at Exeter. The weather, mist and fog will lift this morning with some hazy sunshine later. A maximum temperature 12 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Listening to Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's my current producer, Catherine Boyle. And it's been current for two years now. So. Uh, not two years, mate. Really? Uh, you joined in November 2013. Okay, well, so that's not even years. 18 months, dude. Okay. So current. All right. Current. Erstwhile. What are we talking about on the show this morning, please? We are talking about uh, prison conditions having gone downhill in the last two years. Speak to John Hurst about that in a second. According yep. to a cross-party group of MPs, it's because of cuts from the government. Yep. 
Uh, we're also talking about sexploitation. No, sex... Sextortion. Sextortion, that's Another made-up word. Yes, yes. Uh, we, we do like making up words in the media, don't we? For people being tricked into exposing more than they should online and then um, blackmailed for it. Yeah, so you could get blackmailed if you expose yourself. You could lose your job if you look at somebody else exposed. Four judges, or three judges got the boot. One has uh, stepped down. They were looking at legal pornography in their uh, at work, on their work computers. I think the sacking is... Um, I think it's a little bit harsh and the naming and the shaming it's um seems thoroughly unfair for something let's be honest blokes we've all looked at that stuff online we all have haven't we oh eight four five nine four double five five double five across beds hearts and bucks this is bbc three counties radio any Texas yeah, before we, we crack on with this prison story. One of them is anonymous, and I'm going to leave it that way. Um, I know someone who got the sack when pornography was found on a work laptop that they and several other people used, and that's I think that's a bit rude. That is uh, that is is different. I think if it's if it's a kind of a communal laptop or computer, then yes, that's inappropriate because um, you know that could be stumbled upon, and that's not fair on the person who may do the stumbling. So yeah. Also, the laptop went wrong. It was taken to the IT department, who found the stuff on there. The person denied it, but they still got the boot. No, you denied it, you supplied it. Well, it would seem that that's certainly the case for that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm an IT manager, says David in Hitchin. Morning, David. Uh, who says, our laptop policy states that the laptop cannot be used to access pornography, even though the laptops are taken home and can be used in the person's own time. Accessing these sites incre- increases the risk of viruses, oh. which then takes up IT support time. Okay, See, there's another... Well. There's another uh, corporate reason. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You can text eight one three double three. Start your text three CR now. Prisoner on prisoner violence, such as the attack at Woodhill last year, which left one man fighting for his life, is becoming more frequent in the wake of government cuts. MPs on the House of Commons Justice Committee are suggesting there's been a general decline in safety and discipline, while assaults, suicides, and self harm are on the rise. I can speak now to John Hurst, who served life for manslaughter and campaign for prisoners' right to vote. Morning, John. Good morning. Uh, it seems things have, have, have got worse. How long ago were you in prison? Uh, well, I was in from 79 to uh, 2004. And what were conditions like for you? Uh, no, they've always been rough. I mean, I've been in prison since the 1970s on different sentences, you know, so altogether I served 35 years. You know, there was some improvement in some... Uh, of the newer prisons, you know, uh, around about uh, the 70s, you know, when there was uh, some liberalism uh, sneaking in from uh, like places like Sweden and Holland. But other than that, it has been sort of downhill pretty much all the time or going round in circles. But certainly um, you do notice uh, when times get tougher outside, you know, tightening the belt, then it has its knock-on effect. Uh, for prisoners at the same time. I mean, isn't that only fair though, John? If 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 everybody you know is, is suffering outside of prison, then then the, surely some of those uh, cuts have to be passed on to prisoners. Yeah, but the in real terms, uh, money hasn't gone up in prison wages. You know, uh, for years. You know, there's things like say tobacco. Uh, I remember when it used to be. Um, say 72 pence for a two ounce pouch yeah. now you're talking about 15 pound right. so uh, and prison wages just haven't gone up to um, uh, meet that 
the the other thing is is um, well, hang know, on a minute. Prison wages haven't gone up so that you could buy fags. Well, there will be some people, John, listening <laughs> who say, "Well, you're tough." Yeah, but I mean, outside there's something like thirty percent of the population smoke, but in prison there's eighty percent smoke. There's there's uh, something not quite right if eighty percent of the prison population smoke. There must be uh, something about the conditions that sort of encourages it. Well, no, but if you can't listen, if you can't afford fags outside, then you 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 cut back or you don't smoke. Surely that should be the same in prison. Yeah, but the whole point about that is at least out here, you know, you get index links and things like that goes up, but there it goes down and down and down. You know, and when you start cramming two people, three people in a cell meant for one, you know, uh, you, you're going to get on people's nerves, so obviously tensions are going to go up. Well, there are some, there are some people uh, who would suggest that prisoners shouldn't even be earning any money and they shouldn't even be allowed to have fags. <laughs> Even a condemned man can have a smoke. Uh, the government uh, says that prisoner violence is being driven by new synthetic drugs. What needs to be done to stop that, do you think? I don't buy the new synthetic drugs. Uh, uh, because the, uh, they've got uh, MDTs, you know, uh, mandatory drug testing. Yeah. You know, voluntary drug testing. But there are a lot of drugs in prison, aren't there? Well, they used to be uh, when I was in, you know, I mean, well, they, they, I went to doctors one time, told them I was depressed, and he told me to go and buy a pound deal of cannabis. It'd make me feel right as rain in the morning, and Blimey. he was right. But then when I got caught by security for smoking dope, and the governor told me uh, on adjudication, he said, if you got a drug problem, see the doctor. I mean, <laughs> this was... <laughs> the dr- but drugs aren't the, uh, the, uh, the answer. Yes, you, 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 OK, your argument that, that every condemned man uh, deserves a smoke, yeah. they don't deserve a joint necessarily, do they? How do we stop drugs no, in prison, do you think, John? I mean, the thing is, is uh, when cannabis was pretty ripe in prison, it was more chilled out. You know, uh, I mean, that You're was... You're not suggesting that, that we, we, we kind of turn a blind eye to smoking a bit no, of weed? but, I mean... You know, I don't find a problem with smoking weed. I mean, in Sweden, say in Swedish prisons, they don't penalise you for smoking Well, go, go, uh, go and commit weed. a crime in Sweden, then. No, well, the, no, but the point I'm making is... What you they like did Swedish was prisons so much? It's more a medical thing than a Marry criminal them. thing. But in this country, by uh, jumping on people who smoke weed, they just turned them into heroin addicts because no, no, they can John, take heroin. John, yeah. John, jumping on people who smoke weed doesn't turn them into heroin it addicts. Does, it's a ridiculous because, thing to say. Yeah, because cannabis stays in your system for up to 28 days, whereas heroin only stays in your system for three there are, days. There are very, so John, that's why people went from cannabis no, to heroin. There yeah. very, John, there are very few people, there are some, but there are very few people who go, hmm, do you know what? I can't get any dope. I, I'm going to get myself some brown. This is yeah. not how it works. Well, no, it did work like that because people still feel the pressure in there and the whole idea is to escape from that by whatever means possible. What do you think can be done or should be done, John, to, to uh, make prison life more bearable? Well, I would uh, reduce the prison population from, say, 80,000, which it is now 88,000, something like that, down to about 20,000. So you just released 60,000 prisoners? Yeah. Flipping heck. Well, there's, there's too many in prison for a start. Well, there'll be too many out, but don't see yeah, you release no, 60,000 I mean, prisoners. Yeah, if you've got an effective uh, criminal justice system, the less people inside the better it is, not the more people. Yeah, but the, 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 the more criminals you've got outside, surely the worse it is for, for people who haven't committed crimes. 
I don't know. I mean, the MPs used to argue that until they all got caught fiddling expenses. Well, yeah, so. the, the, the MPs fiddling expenses thing is, is, is one argument, and several people did go to prison for that, but you can't right, just release 64. Yeah, but you can't just release 60,000 prisoners. Yeah, well, they shouldn't have that many in. Well, there shouldn't be that but, many naughty people, but there are. No, I'm, I'm saying the. Either you ask me what to do, but what I'm saying is you have to reduce the prison population. It's okay. ridiculous having that kind of number. I mean, we've got uh, more than the rest of Europe put together. I mean, that is just crazy. You can't do that. You, you've got to be able to manage a system. And the other thing is, is why pay uh, two, you know, two lots of money for two systems like the private and the public running side by side? You don't have a private and a public prisoner. You just have a prisoner. So this whole thing is just given Group 4 and Circo and people like that uh, a lot of money for doing the same thing. It's like the Harmons with the uh, detention centres, immigration centres. I mean, they're multi-billion for these uh, private security firms. Why do we do that? Other countries don't uh, jail asylum seekers. John, always good to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much indeed. John Hurst. Uh, who served life for manslaughter, now campaigns for prisoners' right to vote. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Here we go. I think I've knackered both of my... two of my three record players. What, with very, very hard rock? With hard, hey, you know your dance set. Yeah, I uh, there's a, a website danceset.com and they recondition old record players. Yes. Yours is on there. Is it six hundred quid? Oh, I didn't pay that. No, I know you didn't pay that. I, I suggest their prices are perhaps a little bit over. I mean, they recondition them and clean them up. It's and nice and that. Well, I've given it beautiful. a bit of jiff yeah. on, the, <laughs> on the box. My my dance set is a bit a bit wobbly, but I've got a new needle coming today. That should sort that out. Can you show me? I mean, off air um, and in our own time. Can you show me where you got it from? Because I think I need one. Um, I'm having well, to I bash it, it now and again to make it go loud. I got it from Amazon. Shh. Take the uh, needle out, have a look, it'll tell you what kind you need and order it. Right. Now sort it out. Let's go to Danny's in Houghton Regis. Good morning, Danny. Morning, Ian. What you got for us, boss? Uh, well, first of all, thank you to you, Catherine and Kelly, for making the show in the morning, honestly, mate. I love it. Every oh. every morning, gospelly. <laughs> oh, well, that's very kind of you. Do- not yesterday's. Yesterday's was rubbish. Uh, yeah, not- but even when, you, even when you say it's rubbish, mate, it's still entertaining. Oh, oh thanks. Thank you, Danny. Well, that's, that, we're not used <laughs> to getting compliments, Danny, so we shall move on, but we're all blushing and uh, coyly looking at the floor and tugging <laughs> our hats. What do you want to say, no, Danny? Uh, it's just about them judges, really, mate. I mean, um, I, I agree with you. I don't actually see what's wrong with what they did because it's nothing... Well, it's not as if they were around other people, and because the only reason that what sort of come to my mind was it, something similar happened to my workplace, and the guy was pulled into an office and he was warned about it because he thought, you know, he was just wanted to be told that other people may get offended by that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're on their own, they're out of work hours, let them do what they want to do. It's not something I'd do, but. Whatever. Supposing that there is that these judges may have done this in during their working day, does that make a difference? Um, it depends on who they're around. I mean, like, in my contract, it obviously says, uh, you know, from nine to five on contracts to do a job, but in my lunch hour, I can use the internet to browse, but it doesn't actually specifically say what I can look at. Yeah. So maybe, like, there's a fine line between what they can look at and maybe that's down to the employers to, to let them know specifically what they're come, come on, guys. When we're, first of all, A, every gentleman with access to a computer has looked at mucky stuff. Uh, you know, I'm not particularly proud of it, but of course we've all done it. And secondly, when, and my job is slightly different, but in other jobs I've had, when you... 
we, we're nine till five. We're not 100% focused on... Sometimes our minds wander and sometimes we go and look at not necessarily rude websites, but other websites, don't we? Even if it's for like yeah. two or three minutes. I mean, I don't think there's any business. I mean, apart from maybe yourself, like so you said, you've had shows where you've been a bit less entertaining, as you might. But, I mean, there's always going to be a day where you're not as busy as the day before. Of course. So, you know, at the end of the day... Um, it's only fair. Like, I, I look at I look at like sports or BBC Sport. I, I look at BBC Sport all the time. I, I, uh, I look at your Twitter or my Twitter. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, Danny, listen, we've got to move on because I've got to go to travel. But, but, but thank you for your kind words and thank you for your comment. I don't think we've spoken before, Danny, so uh, I appreciate your call. I look forward to speaking to you again. But it's healthy, isn't it? Not the, necessarily the mucky stuff, but it's healthy. If you're having a really tough day and you're really busy and you're inundated with emails and meetings, it's healthy, healthy to have five minutes looking at Facebook or looking on eBay or d- doing the Waitrose or the Tesco show. It's healthy, isn't it? Well, I guess you're not moving away from your desk, so actually it means that you might be more productive as well. What about all those fag smokers yeah. who go out and have fag breaks? Oh, don't bring them into it. I oh, know, it's best not to, actually. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are 40 minute delays on the M1 southbound because of an accident between the new Port Pagnell services and Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. So those queues are now back to Junction 16 for Daventry. On the M25 clockwise, it is easing off around Junction 25 for Enfield after the closure earlier, but it's looking busy, busier than usual around Junction 22 for St Albans. Having a look at the cameras as well, it's looking really foggy this morning, especially around the M1 Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road which could cause visibility problems for drivers there and on the A1 southbound in Wyboston that's looking very slow on the speed sensors from the St. Neots Junction towards the Black Cat roundabouts. On the train departure boards the A29 service from Bedford to London St. Pancras is delayed by 15 minutes. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Sammy. It's 8.17, it's Wednesday the 18th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Chancellor, George Osborne, will deliver his sixth budget later, just weeks ahead of the general election. An inquest is due to take place today into the death of a man shot dead in Luton two years ago. No one has ever been charged with his killing. And in sport, Watford atop of the championship after last night's 2-0 win at Wigan. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nice. Thank you. A little bit of harmony is what we need in the world. Be- be- beautiful. Symbolic. Yes. Symptom. Now, what have you got uh, for us today? What's happening on your show? Uh, from nine this morning on the big phone in, do you think the word pikey is offensive? Okay, yeah. The BBC Trust says Top Gear did nothing wrong when it used the word pikey in an episode last year. The Traveller Movement charity group complained to the broadcaster as they said the word was grossly offensive and racist to a minority minority community. However, the BBC, and I find this very interesting, the BBC has said the word was used to denote something that is cheap yep. and the meaning has changed over time. Well, from nine this morning, I'd very much like your view on this. Do you think the word pikey is offensive? So I think the justification then is that the BBC said, well, it, they didn't actually mean pikey as in pikey traveller, mm. but pikey as in pikey, oh, it looks a bit cheap. Yes, it was, it was a, 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 in a joking context. Well, does that work with the N-word then, if you do that, or the other P-word? We, we've been talking about this this morning, and so far we've had nobody that's been particularly offended no? by it. No? No, so far no one has said that they are particularly offended. But 
Um, I suspect that may change. Well, from nine this morning, I very much like your reaction to this. Do you think the word pikey is offensive? 08459 455555. We'll debate it from nine. As the general election gets closer, we want to know what you really think. Sometimes it gets a bit boring, I think. But we kind of feel like nothing changes. The Parliament really needs a good shake-up. We're holding a number of debates across beds, hearts and bucks, focusing on the biggest issues. The national health, I think that's a big concern at the moment. Immigration, probably. I think education, more than anything. If you'd like to take part and have your say, you can register your interest right now. Email 3cr at bbc.co.uk or call 08459 455 555. I always do the vote because I think it's uh, my right to vote. Election 2015 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, next time you're looking for a little bit of cheeky fun online, beware. Three Bedfordshire men have been blackmailed by a woman who persuaded them to take their kit off. Now, when we say persuaded, I mean, (laughs) yeah, I don't think it would take that much persuasion. Police are warning this kind of racket doesn't just target teenagers, and they're now trying to trace the scammers believed to be based abroad. Yeah, good luck with that. Dr Emma Short is a psychologist for the National Centre for Cyberstalking Research at the University of Bedfordshire. Morning, Emma. Good morning. Now, you've been researching uh, the practice of revenge porn, which has been very big in the stories uh, in the papers recently um th- this whole thing though of of um in- encouraging gentlemen primarily to, to to strip off in front of webcams and then the, the film and screenshots being taken and blackmail ensuing is that relatively new well it does seem to be a bit of a growing problem when you look around um you know in some of the press and, and generally it seems to be being reported more whether or not it's a very new thing and it's been going on for a while it's harder to say because it's one of those things people don't want to report because it feels humiliating. Mm. It's, it, it's, it's perceived as shameful, of course, and yet I'm yeah. sure a significant number of people would do it with their partners and their loved ones. That I can sort of understand. I'd still be very reluctant. It's not my thing. Yeah. But to do it with someone you've just met on Skype or chat roulette or a website, that seems... Um, well, it seems stupid. Well, I, I think, you know, the, the thing about the online environment is that it is very different. You know, the research that is out there already sort of shows us that people are very disinhibited online, normally because the behaviours they're engaging in, they're doing in their own bedrooms, in privacy, and there's this sort of disconnect. It feels private, it feels safe, even though actually you're broadcasting the images to a wide and unknown audience. Is there part of... of uh, Listen, I work for BBC, so I have to obviously be very, very careful. Yeah. Um, uh, is there part of it that these blokes think, well, I'm not a celebrity, I'm not an actor, so I'm not a pop star, so no-one, you know, th- th- there's no... There's no um, there's no danger of me getting into trouble for this. And then, of course, they get stung. Yes. I, th- I think there is some aspect of that, and people don't tend to think of the damage that, that will happen until the consequences arise. And it's, it's one of those things about a new behaviour or a new social phenomenon. Until we see around us, you know, the scrapes you can get into with certain behaviours, we don't tend to include them in the risk assessment we do. And I suppose the most important message is, you know, if you meet anyone online, you need to know what you don't know. And what you don't know is who they are. You only know who they say they are. 
I suppose the thing as well, we're, we're, uh, we're all blokes, I, I include myself in this, we are, we are idiots. And if a woman says, hey, no, don't worry, you can trust me, yes. we go, oh, yeah, OK, fine. <laughs> is, that, is that part of it? They, they win us... They, yeah. they, they, these well, men can yeah. be won over. Well, generally, you know, again, you know, the research about online relationships is that, you know, romantic relationships form much more quickly online, as does, you know, sexual groom, grooming occurs much more quickly. Whereas what might have taken weeks to achieve a level of trust, it can take minutes online because there are no other distractions. People often feel they're being their real selves and they're being understood as their real selves. And, and very quickly, you feel intimate, even though that, that's an illusion. What's your advice to gentlemen? And I imagine it is primarily gentlemen, although I suspect that maybe some women get caught in this. What's your advice to people indulging in this? I think it's, um, it's about knowing what you don't know. You know, you don't know anything other than what you're being told. And I suppose if you try and think about it rationally, even if it's in the heat in the moment, and often there's alcohol involved in, in moments like this, mm. to think rationally about, you know, do I know this person? What is the risk to me personally? And I'm supposing as well that um, if, if, you know, you, you do this and you, you, you perform whatever act on a webcam and then the woman replies, yeah, by the way, I've got that on video, I want $500, otherwise I'm telling your wife and your boss. Yeah. Um, the odds are they probably don't know your wife or your boss, but it, yeah. you, you would be so fearful and ashamed and that guilty. you'd do whatever, and guilty, yeah. you'd do whatever they say. Yeah, oh, totally, totally. So, I mean, it, it, the important thing is to get advice, you know, sort of to contact the police... Um, to, to, to explain what's happened um, and, and get some good advice. Because as you say, you don't know anything about what they know about you other than that they've got this on camera and they're going to use it as, as a weapon to extort money. Emma, I appreciate your thoughts and your uh, time on this this morning. Dr Emma Short, a psychologist for the National Centre for Cyberstalking Research at the University of Bedfordshire. Uh, we, Jonathan's going to be uh, talking about it. We uh, were speaking about it earlier on in the show. Big story on the BBC yesterday. Radio 4 were loving it. They were loving the fact that they can now say pikey. Uh, Top Gear, they used the word, um, it went to uh, um, uh, the BBC's governing body, and the BBC governing body said, well, actually, do you know what? No, it's not offensive. It's, well, it's the, the evolution of the word. The, the, the justification seems to have been it was describing a thing rather than a person. And we've been asking this morning, uh, are you, were you offended by, is it an offensive word? Uh, I, I don't, don't like know. using it. I wouldn't use it. Sally's a traveller. Morning, Sally. Yes, good morning. I find it very offensive, and uh, a lot of the travellers don't watch Top Gear because of it. I've been in touch with my MP, I've wrote him a letter so he can do some lobbying, whatever it does, and take it to the Houses of Parliament. We fought very hard to get, you know, um, to be a race of people, but people can still be racist towards us. Is, now, there are, the argument is, Sally, uh, that, that travellers are not a race, it is a lifestyle choice. No, we are a race. Tell me why. Um, because it was changed, wasn't it, some years ago. We are a race. It's not a lifestyle choice at all. It's not. People know how hard it is to settle and get houses. You know what? And if you can't get in, what can you do? Um, just before Christmas, a black well, woman... That, that, well, well, yeah, but just not being able to get a house isn't, isn't a race. No, but we are a race. Um, but but Terry can, you, Katona, can you tell... Terry Katona brought this up on air. We are seen as a race of people now. But pe because before, people could be racist towards us. Do you mean us. Cliff Katona or Kerry Katona? 
We call him Terry, yeah, Cliff, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, before Christmas, a black woman called me a little white ice cream. I told the police, and he said, oh, that's quite funny, isn't it? No, it's not funny. She was being racist towards me. She what? said, I stank. If I called her a little brown ice cream and said she smelled, I would have been done Cho- for being racist. A chocolate ice cream? Yeah. It's, well, it's still racist. Well, and that word pikey, people say, oh, you're so pikey, you know. It all reverts back to gypsies because they think we're slippery. OK, hang on a second. David's on the line. Morning, David. Morning. What would morning. you like to say to Sally? Um, well, I'm sorry, Sally. I, I think pikey's quite a normal term, to be fair. But what would be more interesting, really, because I think this is obviously going to be blown out of proportion today and you're taking an opportunity to supposedly defend your... Uh, your uh, um, your religion, if you want to call it that. It's not a religion. Um, it's a way of life. Okay. Ah, Sally. Okay. Sa- hang on a second, right. Sally. Let me just pick you up. I, you just said it wasn't a way of life, and well, then you've well, just come in and said no, it's a way of life. Hang on a second. Way, it is a way of life. It's, well, it's you like said it Asians. Wasn't. It's their way of life, but they're still a race of people. What, what Asians is a way of life? Did you say Asians is a way of life? Well, no, 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 no. Asians isn't a way of life. Anyway, let this man have his say. Well, no, hang on, Sally, cause I, and I will let him have his say. But you, I just, pick, I just suggested that might, travelling might be considered a way of life, not a race. And you said, no, 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 it is a race. And then you just said, well, it's, a, it's a way of life. Well, well, I'm settled, and I have been forever, really. But I'm still a gypsy. My mother and father was, were gypsies. I'm educated. I've got a job. I've got a mortgage. But I'm still a gypsy. But and I've never travelled, but I am full of gypsy. Okay. So where does that leave me? I've got literally no idea. David, go on. What are you saying? Um, well, my point was is that if you people, you know, put people. as much effort in, oh, just be quiet a second, and let me get the oh, point rude. across. <laughs> okay. Um, the point is, if you people would put so much effort into keeping our country tidy and not dumping rubbish everywhere, and I'm not saying it's you, but it's people like you. Well, obviously, no people who probably do it. And people it's like never me. Asked. But the point I'm I'll tell you what, mate. You put the news on or look in the paper and see how many horrendous crimes is committed by gypsies. If you're on about you people, I think you'll find that's you people. No, unfortunately, I know a lot of farmers and they are sick to death of their, of their fields being used as something. But she, she, David, she makes she makes a good point. Um, you, you, you can't really say the word, the phrase you people because you oh, people, okay. Dave. Right. Yeah, no, not, David, I'm let me finish. David, people. David, you, well, you are saying you people. You've said it several times. You people, you white, middle-class, middle-aged men, you've committed loads of murders and you've committed loads of sex crimes. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't work, does it? You can't say that. No, of course not, no. no. And what I'm, do you mean, I'm, I'm, I must know I'm some just... people that do this? Why must yeah, I know but why some didn't people? You say yeah, but you, but, but why must I know people defend... that do that? But you, those people are the ones that have given you people the best. You, who you're saying is honest and everything, a bad name. But David, you must know. David, you you must know some paedophiles, do you? Um, no, I don't. You must know some. You must know. You. you must know some murderers, do you? Do I? Well, don't oh, they, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a list of them. Well, no, but, yeah, but, but you're saying to Sally that she must know people that dumps rubbish. Well, the, the, what, just what? Said she, she just said she does know some people. And that's the no, I didn't say it. I know people that dump rubbish. When you listen back to this... No, you, David, you, she you didn't. I'm, listen, I'm listening no, really ca- I'm listening really All carefully right. to both of you, David. You, 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 the thing is, you can't say you people and Sally, you must know people that dump rubbish. because well, Just because she comes from a travelling background. Well, well, you must know paedophiles, then, because you come from a white... Middle-class background. See, it's just narrow-minded ways, you know what? Gypsies go out in the community to try and get, like, normal jobs, as you would call it, a normal job. The minute they give their address or people know they're gypsies, they've got the same thing that he's coming out with, you people. Well, hang on, hang on. So, you must know on. some bad people. Let, let, hang on, let David come back. Go on, David. Um, well, I'm in the building game, so I come across quite a lot of jobs where people like 
Fred you West was a builder, it. wasn't he? My uncle is. Hang on, hang on, Sally. Quiet. No, 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 da- no, David, David, My David. Tony Piddly, he owns Sally. He's Sally, a button it. S- Sally, button it, David. Bit of respect. Oh, God, it's just da- waste of time. Sorry. It's, 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 like, it's like listening to the Sun paper on a radio. I know, you're David, but you're... you're, you're, you're stu- or you don't. Well, exactly, David. So, listen, Fred West was a builder. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, it, it doesn't work like that. You can't say... You can't say... No, I'm just I'm just highlighting how invalid your argument is. You can't... No, it's not. Well, it it's is, da- it is no, David. You just said you're... A, no, David. The track. Look, tra- Pikey has been always associated with a traveller, OK? Yes. You know, yeah, we get yeah, called things Fairfield. That doesn't bother me. People, Hang on, Sally. Like let him, it. Sally, let him no, finish. No, no, Sally, let him no, finish. Black people are not as paranoid as you make out, OK? I'm not making they out the paranoid. Sally, it's let him... Oh, flipping it. Sally, let him... David, can David continue your point, please? My point is that travellers are called pikeys. They always have been, and it's not... Is it such an issue? For the majority of them, it probably isn't. My point is, this country, in many areas, is getting made really untidy. She's defending people who do shabby work, and I've seen... No, David, she's not defending anybody that's done shabby work. You're generalising again. Well, I'm Uh, expanding it. Well, no, you're not expanding. You're generalising, David. And again, it goes back to the thing. Fred West was a builder. So so uh, do do we surmise that you know murderers, that all builders are murderers? No, of course we don't. That would be a nonsense argument. David, Sally, I've got to move on. Thank you very much. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there are 40-minute delays because of a serious accident between the Pag- New Bob Pagnell services and Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. It's causing delays from Junction 16 for Daventry, and it's also slow in the opposite direction because of onlookers. On the M1 southbound, it's very slow around Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road, and it's also looking really foggy through that stretch, so visibility will be difficult there this morning. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are delays between Junction 22 for the London Coney and St Albans, and in Hitchin, the A6 602 is looking very slow around the A1M Junction 8 for Stevenage. In Wyboston, the A1 southbound is very slow from the St. Neots Junction towards the Black Cat roundabout. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. The Chancellor, George Osborne, will deliver his sixth budget later, just weeks ahead of the general election. An inquest is due to take place today into the death of a man shot dead in Luton two years ago. No one has ever been charged with his killing. And police in Bedfordshire are urging people to be careful what they reveal on the internet after a string of online blackmails. Three men from Luton and Bedford were targeted by a woman on Skype. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford atop of the championship after a 2-0 win at Wigan last night. Captain Troy Deeney scored both goals to move Slavisi Okanovic's side ahead of Middlesbrough on goal difference. I am not thinking only about goals. It's, it's important, especially first goal. is is fantastic, like uh, really strikers, uh, who how he attacked the, the ball or how he scored the goal. I am really happy how... He, Heat's working with another, uh, with another attacking players. Milton Keynes-Dons return to winning ways in League One with a 3-1 victory at Oldham. Dean Bowditch, Daniel Powell and Ben Reeves scored the goals for Carl Robinson's side. I thought my players' reaction over the last two games has been brilliant. To come to two very difficult places on the road, Walsall away and Oldham away on a Tuesday night, it's, it's almost been our Achilles heel over recent years. We've worked really hard over the last seven days and for us to come here today and to be as confident and as potent in our play, I thought was, was, really, really, was really clever of us. 
Wickham slipped to third in League Two after a two-all draw at home to Accrington. His manager, Gareth Ainsworth. It's always a point, and I'm always glass half full, you know that. So, uh, how, how we didn't score a third, though, uh, I'll never know. You know, it, uh, I think we've had 19 shots on their goal tonight, but uh, you've got to convert it. Luton remained sixth, but suffered their sixth defeat in seven games with a 1-0 loss at Newport. Ex-Hatter Aaron O'Connor scored the first-half winner. Here's the Luton boss, John Still. Terrible run. Um, the last few games have, have not been good. Some of the performance have been okay but it's about winning games and we're not winning games so we, we, we really have to keep working hard at what we're doing and Stevenage are just a point behind Luton and into the playoff places after a goalless draw at Exeter manager Graham Wesley was pleased with his latest loan signing Orient's Kevin Lisby yeah Liz was excellent he um, he gave us what we've been missing a front man who you know sticks his, sticks his backside in holds the ball up gets the ball off to the wide players brings others into play and then goes and gets in the box and on a different night could easily have gone away with two or three and Arsenal are out of the Champions League despite a 2-0 win away to Monaco they went out on the away goals rule after losing the first leg 3-1 tonight Manchester City are away to Barcelona, with City already trailing 2-1 from the first game. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. sailing ship there were 40 boys and girls they would sail their ship around the globe so they called it the united world the ship was just three weeks from shore when a hurricane bore it down the waves were big as mountains they found they would surely drown they jumped into the lifeboats A watchful pair of eyes And living in the valley Were people lost in time Ruled over by a tyrant Whose face was in a mask The children must defeat him So they can escape at last From the lost islands The lost islands Call 08459 555 BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, a couple of things uh, we've been talking about. We'll come to Justin in a second to uh, 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 talk about the three judges who lost their jobs and uh, the fourth one resigned because they had been caught or they admitted to looking at pornography on work computers. Seems a bit of an overreaction to me, but we've also um, this morning been talking about this story in. well, it's in the mirror and lots of other papers as well that um, travellers were left fuming last night after the BBC Trust defended motormouth Jeremy Clarkson for using the word pikey on top gear. I'd always been told it was racist. Uh, and uh, I uh, worked on a television show years ago where we were told not to use it. Fair enough. I, I feel uncomfortable saying it because it's been drummed into my head that it's, uh, it's a racist word. Cindy's on the line. Morning, Cindy. Good morning. What would you like to say? 
Um, well, the fellow that you just had on, I mean, what a flipping idiot. He, he really doesn't understand how life works. Tell us how it, life works, Cindy. Well, I'm a psychiatric nurse. A what, sorry? A psychiatric nurse. Right. And I work um, with the travelling community, and what a lovely race of people they are. And and I, I can't see... And it's always felt to me that saying those sorts of words were racist. And I, and I feel that, and they feel that. So if it insults somebody, why say it if you know it's going to insult somebody? That's an interesting argument. Is it the uh, uh, is it relevant what the person saying the word feels? Surely, is there more? Should more weight of import be put on the person who is is uh, at the other end of the word? Should that, that be the important a- bit? Absolutely. That that's my point. If if you say it in a way that's derogative and uh, and in the way that it was said, then it's going to hurt. And everybody knows that word. What about the evolution of language, Cindy? Because gay no longer means what it used to mean. Queer we can say again now, I think. I hope. Um, and, and words evolve, don't they? And the argument that the BBC used here is that pikey is no longer a, a racial term. It just means cheap or chavvy or... or um, uh, yeah, it, it says here, it's evolved to mean chavvy or cheap. Well, aren't they still insulting people who are travellers, then? Because it means cheap or chavvy. Well, not if that word has moved away from... And I don't know if it has or not. We're having a grown-up discussion about language. Uh, Not if that word has moved away from being uh, aimed at the traveller community. Words... I mean, gay doesn't mean happy anymore, does it? No, no, that's true. But gay was used probably in Victorian times, wasn't it? We're yeah. talking about. Well, no, gay was gay now. was gay was used in the 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 fifties to mean happy. Fifties yeah. and early sixties. It's and, and all, all language. There are probably more recent examples. I can't think of any off the top of my head. All language evolves, doesn't it? And and is, I'm just asking: is that what what has happened to this word here? Well, it, maybe it has evolved. But the fact is that it's insulting people and you don't use it if it's going to insult somebody and people would say it with malice. Hey, what about those um, uh, those fellas that got shot in France for uh, drawing a picture of, of the Prophet Muhammad? Yeah, they know that it's insulting So they, should, they shouldn't have done it? Well, we're not in, uh, we're not inciting violence, are we? Well, no, but but you, 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 but they they um they they knew it would be insulting to people, so they shouldn't have drawn those pictures. No, no, they shouldn't have done because they knew it was going to insult people. It's interesting, isn't it, Catherine? Well, I was just going to take you back to the gay thing and how the word gay has changed from being happy, happy-go-lucky and, uh, you know, full of joy to being homosexual. And, and actually, more recently, the gay community are trying to claw it back from the sort of schoolyard bullying thing of it being, you know, used as a word to signify being somehow stupid or um, overly camp and silly. I mean, yeah. it, it, it is changing and I guess it is jiggling around. I, and, I, and I don't really like... Like you say, why would you use that word when you know that it could upset someone? It's going to to insult somebody. And you you do have to, don't you, think about the impact of it on somebody else. And if you're going to use it, and he does all the time use words that insult people and constantly does it. Saying that, I don't think, you know, like you say, it shouldn't mean that you uh, end up having um, death threats and things like that. But, you know, it will lead to debate and I think it's healthy that it does so. 
Yeah. Okay. Cind- uh, okay, Cindy. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone. Wouldn't you number. flinch if someone said on air, "Oh, that's really gay of you to say that"? But I've said it off air, being completely honest, mm. and I don't mean it as in an insult to homosexuals. I just it, it is evolved. Silly and fey. Not even fey, just to mean rubbish. Mm. It's evolved to the point where if I and I don't say it very often, but I've said it. I said, "Oh, that's like, in fact, I don't." I don't know if I do say it now, I'm saying it out loud. No, I don't it, think it's, it's you do. But I, I would not have a problem saying, oh, that's so gay. And not in the sense of, oh, aren't homosexual people... It, that's rubbish because it reminds me of homosexual people. It's nothing to do with homosexual. It's evolved now. It's gone from being happy to meaning homosexual to meaning a bit rubbish. And, I mean, I don't... It, it's language evolution. See, I flinch when people say things like, oh, don't be such a girl. I don't like man up. Should man up. Exactly. We've all got stuff then, haven't we? That, Andrew, that Andrew, Andrew, what would you like to say? Well, I think it's a, it is a very interesting topic. I'm a black guy, and I think that words like bikey, words like that across any race, it's all about separation. And I think that if you use any word that separates a group of people into a sex, then you can't expect united behaviour. That's, that's such a gay argument, Andrew. No, and I'm saying that. I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying that, and there'll be people who get upset that I'm saying that. But I'm saying that to, to, uh, to highlight what Catherine and I were just talking about. Does, is, is, that, uh, is that separating people by using it, the, the word gay in that context? No, it's a different kind of thing. That's, that's, using, that's basically turning around and saying gay people are below you, are below everyone, so therefore you're behaving... In a gay way, but I don't think I don't think it is. I don't think it is now, and I think it's maybe because we're of a. I'm guessing we're of a similar age, Andrew. I don't think a 15-year-old saying that in the playground is in any way, and I might be wrong, but is any way being derogatory about homosexuals. I just think it's so far removed from what you and I perceive gay to mean, in the same way that it's so far removed from what our grandparents thought gay meant. I think 15-year-olds, you know, I think it's very confusing for them because. There's so much, there's so much political correctness in the wrong areas. I feel that it, it's going to confuse them, so they don't know what to say. Well, I, I don't know what to say half the time, and I, I'm aware... Uh, Andrew, thank you, I'm going I'm to let you go, but thank you. I'm aware that, um, you know, I've always kind of thought myself as a bit of a right-on liberal kind of guy, but I, as I, you know, approach 42, I'm becoming a dinosaur, and I've found myself saying stuff that younger people have gone, oh, you can't, what? That's all, you can't say that, because... And, and it's not meant with any malice, it's just because I'm out of touch with how the language is changing. But also different people and some people who are from those, you know, different sectors of society who are being referred to, or, or whether directly or indirectly by these terms, sometimes they use the word themselves. So, yeah, it does get confusing. I have the C word has become much more acceptable in the last five years, OK? And I have friends that I can say the C word with, OK? Much more except it's still it's still the strongest swear word, but it's you hear it on TV more than ten years ago, eleven years ago, when I, fifteen years ago when I was on TV. If you're going to drop the c word, they had to put a special warning yeah. out before the show. It's still a bomb of a word, though, isn't it? It's still a bomb. It's still got a lot of impact, but not as much as it as it did. I made the mistake of saying the c word to some American friends last Ooh. year. Man alive, the atmosphere was sucked out of the room. The dirty looks I got, because it's still got that impact over there. I don't know what the point is I'm trying to make. I think I'm just trying to make myself look cool. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio.
M1 southbound, there are half-hour delays between Junction 16 for Daventry and 14 for Milton Keynes because of an accident on the road earlier. And there is still some debris left over, so that is blocking the road still and two lanes. On the M1 southbound, it's looking very slow between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. And in Hitchin on the A602 into town, it's looking very busy between the A1M Junction 8 and Paynes Park. In Wyboston on the A1 southbound, it's very slow between the St. Louis Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout. And on the trains, Thames Inc are reporting 15-minute delays between St Albans and Sutton because of a passenger illness. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Dealey's coming up soon. Right now it's 8.47. It's Wednesday the 18th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Chancellor, George Osborne, will deliver his sixth budget later, just weeks ahead of the general election. An inquest is due to take place today into the death of a man shot dead in Luton two years ago. No one has ever been charged with his killing. And in sport, Watford atop of the championship after last night's 2-0 win at Wigan. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The mist is just about lifting now. We're seeing some hazy sunshine and that's really the story for the rest of the day. The cloud will disappear and the haze will start to lift as well. So a reasonably decent day. Temperatures up to 12 Celsius. Now overnight tonight, clear at first, but then the cloud moves in from the east and it's quite thick cloud as well. Quite a chilly night. Minimum temperature down to 2 Celsius. So a gloomy start to Thursday. Cloud all over really, all three counties and then it's going to thicken through the afternoon we could see a little bit of light rain and drizzle maximum temperature for thursday 10 celsius now we all look um with bated breath towards friday we've got a rather cloudy start i'm afraid if you're looking towards the partial solar eclipse which should happen just after 9 30 on friday morning at the moment it could change it is looking rather cloudy that's your forecast i don't get all these sad cases that are going to go and look at the partial solar eclipse. You get all these sad... You get these eclipse watchers, followers, don't you, that travel all around the world to um, look at a solar eclipse, a partial solar eclipse. I, I've seen them on telly. I can Oh, so it's the sun, and then it's not the sun, and then it's the sun. All right. I've seen it demonstrated with an Oreo. I don't need to see it in real life. I've also seen it. It happens kind of every day. It goes dark, yeah? Oh, that's night time. And then you got to buy these special glasses. Don't look at the sun because it'll hurt. Oh, jog on, fella. I look at the sun if I want. Yeah, I'll have green rings in my eyes for a few hours. I don't mind. That's the kind of guy I am. That's not official BBC policy, by the way. But I'll I don't get it. At all times. Justin, are you going to go and watch the parcel eclipse on Friday? <laughs> are you going to go and no. watch the parcel eclipse? Oh, there's a parcel eclipse and we can't see the sun for a bit and I'm going to go and watch it. I'll watch this. We Plus, live in England. Plus, we never see the sun. Hmm? Whose voice? I was doing you just, sorry. Oh, was that me? Yeah, sorry. Okay, no worries. I just don't... All these sad sacks... Oh, there's going to be a partial eclipse. Oh, you get people travelling all... Well, I've seen 562 partial eclipse, the best one within Hawaii. And <laughs> I'll get a lot... Go and get a job, mate. Go and get a job. Go and YouTube it, if you're really that desperate. Or look in a book, because well, it's boring. Nature's yesterday. boring. So you want me to get morning. an astronomer on, right? <laughs> Yesterday morning, I was at Luton Airport, yeah. and uh, there was somebody that travelled from 2 o'clock in the morning all the way from Scotland to see a plane which was coming in from Thailand. Uh, that, that's something which happens every day at Luton well, Airport. People you know travelling all over the place I to see these birds. I, res- I respect that. I respect mm. people travelling long distance to look at birds. And I mm. like that. I mean, uh, women and aeroplanes. <laughs> but the sun being covered up by... The, what, mm. is, it the, is it the moon? I'm not sure. 
It's the sun being covered up by what Justin and I, we think, may actually be the moon. We're, neither mm. of us are completely sure. Mm. For uh, how, long, how long does it last? Like a minute? Mm. Five minutes? It's not your vibe, is it? Oh, for goodness. And, and it's all in all the papers and it's in all the news and Kate mentioned it on the weather. It makes me sick, just. <laughs> Honestly, it really annoys me, stuff like, oh, nature's so wonderful. No, it's not. Computers are wonderful. Mm. Wi-Fi? <laughs> How the hell does Wi-Fi work, man? I'm connected to the Wi-Fi on my pocket telephone. That is amazing. <sighs> the moon in front of the sun for five minutes is boring. Makes you sick. Oh, it really gets my flipping go. I tell you yeah. what, tomorrow, can we do a Vox on um, if anybody's bothered by the, the partial eclipse of the sun? My pleasure. A total eclipse of the moon by Bonnie Tyler? That's amazing! Yeah. <laughs> It was her heart, wasn't it? it her was, heart it was, was totally eclipsed. Yeah. But the sun... Oh, it makes me want to puke, Just. Seriously, it gets me really angry. Let me chill out. Do you Come know on. what? You talk about arrogant animals. The yeah. arrogance of the sun. Isn't it, though? It's an arrogant body. I know. Terrible. Furious. Absolutely furious. Anyway, sorry, mate. You OK? We all calm now? Cass, can you, can you do the introduction to this piece? Because I'm, I'm really angry and I don't, want, I don't want my anger to spill over. So you do the thing about the judges and the porn. You need Go. to calm it right down. Uh, three judges have lost their jobs after being uh, found to have been looking at pornography while they were at work. They were using work computers, but there's no suggestion that it was while a case was ongoing. Justin Dealey has been out on the streets taking the temperature of the mm. people. I have, and uh, I think it goes back to an earlier conversation. We don't really know whether this was in their lunch break or not, but as far as we know, uh, by these three judges watching pornography at work, it wasn't actually affecting their job and, and what they were doing. Um, so I've taken to the streets of London Coley this morning. Uh, so some interesting views and some interesting stories. Here's what people had to say. Now, madam, you actually know somebody who's been sacked for, for watching porn at work, don't you? Tell us more about that. Uh, yes, yes, I do. It was a long time ago. It was on a work computer, not their computer, but they'd gone into someone else's room while they were out and watched porn in their lunch break, and yes, they did get sacked for that. Now, you have a law background, so this story we're talking about today with these three judges, um, I think Ian's, Ian's view is it's, it's a bit of an overreaction. What do you think about it? Uh, well, everybody looks at various a number of websites um it's a bit of a touchy subject because of what they were actually looking at but you know there are lots of girls that sit and do hours and hours of shopping online when they're at work i just yeah i'm, I'm not sure is it too it's, harsh it's a tricky one would you have sacked them personally if it was up to you? If, to if you were, I, I don't know the material they were looking at, but you know, it wasn't illegal. It wasn't illegal, right. but obviously it's adult content. Okay. If you were, if you were in charge, would you have fired them? They could have been watching Fifty Shades of Grey, I suppose. Uh, no, it would have been a very harsh warning. But not a sacking. No, not for me. Rod, these three judges have been sacked. Have they done anything wrong, as far as you're concerned? Not at all. Not at all? No. You think there's absolutely nothing wrong whatsoever with three judges watching pornography at work? No, not at all. Tell us why you think it's, it's not wrong. Well, everybody watches porn, don't they? Sophie. Not at work, though? Well, if I had an opportunity, yeah. OK, so if it's not affecting their job... It's not affecting their job, it shouldn't affect their work, should it? OK. Thank you very much. So, again, the three judges have been sacked over this. 
Quite simply, is it an overreaction? Is it too harsh? What do you think? Um, no, not really. I don't think it's applicable to actually do that sort of thing at work. It really isn't. It's not appropriate. I mean, even if it's not affecting your job and it was for argument's sake during your lunch break, is it still wrong? Yes. <laughs> I mean, tell us why you think it's so wrong. Um, I think it's just something, I mean, if you think about the security of the company, I mean, the, the bosses can see what you're looking at and, mm -hmm. and it, it, it has a detrimental effect on how people perceive you, I think, as well. Okay, so when you're at work and you're going there later on today, have you never looked at a website which is nothing to do with work? I have, mm. but... Um, so what's the difference? But it's not something that people would socially see as socially unacceptable, really. So it's not appropriate at work. So even though it's not illegal, and uh, the men we're talking about were over 18 years old, yes. it's still socially unacceptable. Yes. Hey, ladies! The hottest totty on radio. Captain Ball and Kelly Betts. Good morning, girls. The remix of Wow. There's a song that's about to begin. There's a song that we're going to sing. Yo, we're wow. Yo, we're wow. Sing it to the audience loud and clear. Sing it to the audience so they can hear. Yo, we're wow. Yo, we're wow. Running down the speedway, chasing on my ice cream. Yo, we're wow. Running down the speedway, chasing on my ice cream. Yo, we're wow. Yo, we're wow. You like that, Just? Wow. Matt, you like that? Actually, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> 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 you I like you laugh, but, you know, calls are rising for a WOW reunion. Can I have the clip yeah, of Matt I, saying that, please? I must, be, I must be becoming a Clarkson. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you sound like you're in a good mood today. I am in a good mood. Hey, well, what's, let's, let's you're drink, talking about one fight. of my favourite subjects. Pornography. Here. No. Prison. Uh, racism. Racism. Clarkson again. Oh, you love Clarkson. Uh, can you just verify this for me? Did you say the BBC are allowing us to use pikey now? Well, they are. It's still a word uh, that sits... There you go again. That is another Clarkson thing. What? Oh, that oh, he's... Clarkson can use it, so we'll say it's OK. It's racist. It's absolute racist. You gonna let us get a word in edgewise? I thought I thought actually I thought you'd left me singing in the wind. Um, it's 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 racist. It's it's racist. Go on. As I said to Kelly, I come from a place in Ireland called Limerick, and there was a lot of gypsies, travellers. But we never call them pikeys. OK, but you keep using the word, Matt, so if it's racist, then don't use the word. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, you're perfect, I'm sorry. I am uh, perfect, I know. Old thing. You're perfect. You can say what you want, yeah. Mr Clarkson, but no. Matt, Matt can't say anything. 
<laughs> well, Matt, listen, let, let, let's just calm down for a second, Matt. What have you, the, the show yesterday wasn't great. What do you think about the show today? Actually, it wasn't too bad. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Uh, and, and what do you think of my voice? Actually, it wasn't too bad. Oh, really? Oh. And, Matt, if you, you've seen pictures of me. I know we've sent you some pictures of me uh, in the nude. What did you think of, um, well, uh, Little Lee? Actually, it wasn't too bad. That's very kind of you, Matt. <laughs> that is very, very kind of you, Matt. Well, th- thanks for calling. Yeah, see, I could, you're racist. Are you dubbing me where I shouldn't be dubbed? I'm not dubbing you in the slightest. Uh, that's it. That's your lot, I'm afraid. Let's get the Trav. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there are half-hour delays between Junction 16 for Daventry and 14 for Milton Keynes because of a serious accident involving three vehicles earlier and there's still a lot of debris on the road, so two lanes are blocked. On the M1 southbound between Junction 10 for Luton Airport, Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne, it's also looking very slow and also still looking very foggy on the cameras too. In Dunstable, on the A5 High Street North, that's looking quite busy between Church Street and Halton Road. And in Wyboston on the A1 southbound, that's very busy between the Black Cat Roundabout and the St. Neots Junction in both directions. On the trains, Thameslink are saying there are 20-minute delays between St. Albans and Sutton. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. That's it. That's your lot. Matt, what do you reckon of the show today? Actually, it wasn't too bad. That's very kind of you to say so, Matt. Thank you. I have never heard him in such an enjoyable mood. I suspect he started early. Thank you, Justin, Kelly, Catherine. Excellent stuff as always. JVS is up next from all of us until tomorrow morning at six o'clock. Ta ta. Actually, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon Smith. It's Wednesday, it's nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in, do you think the word pikey is offensive? The BBC Trust says Top Gear.